Hello, and thank you for downloading episode one of the I Gotta Ask podcast. My name is Daryl Oliveira. I am the host of this show, and my guest today is a good friend of mine. His name is Alex Armbruster. Alex is a professional stuntman and actor, and our conversation took a bunch of amazing twists and turns. Um, he talked about how he got involved in the industry almost completely by accident, uh, some of the amazing actors and celebrities he's got to meet and work with through being uh, their stunt double on movies like uh, Suicide Squad and Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, and also working on the show Letterkenny with Jared Kiso. Um, he talks about what it's like to break a bone and have to take six months off of his work. And he talks to me a little bit about performing uh, international shows with a group of traveling stunt performers called The Crazy Crew in countries like Saudi Arabia and India. And later on, we geek out a little bit about... Um, a sport that we're both involved in. That's actually how I met Alex. Uh, the sport is aggressive inline skating or rollerblading. And um, it's hard for two people who are involved in a sport that small to sit in a room together and not discuss rollerblading. So just a heads up, the last 15 minutes of the show, roughly, give or take, is is us talking about rollerblading pretty extensively. Um, I'll have to give you another heads up and apologize for saying the word like probably, I don't even know how many times, too, way too many times. Um, it's the worst in the first 20 minutes of the show. Listening back to it now, I, I didn't even realize I was doing it in, until I listened back. And and I just realized how annoying it is to listen to. So I'm aware of it now. I'm going to really put forth a concerted effort in future episodes to not fill the voids in my sentences with that word because it is highly irritating even to myself. Um, and I could be being a little bit of hypercritical, but it's definitely noticeable. So I apologize for that. Anyway, Alex is a super duper great guy. Um, you can find all his stuff on social media or all his social media stuff by simply Googling his name or, uh, or arm Brewster stunts. Uh, and you'll, you'll come across all his stuff, his Instagram, his Twitter, uh, Facebook, IMDB, all that kind of stuff. And I really enjoyed having him here. We had an awesome conversation. So without further ado, let's roll the uh, opening music and get right to it. Thanks again for listening and enjoy. Okay, welcome to episode one of the I Gotta Ask podcast. My guest today is my friend Alex Armbruster. Did I say that right? Yes, that's it right. It is Armbruster, right? Yep, it's not Armbruster. Arm okay, yep. yeah. Yep. All um, the telemarketers always say Armbruster or Armbuster. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Armbuster for a long time. Yeah. When I first like saw you like on Facebook, I'm like, uh, I, I read it as Armbuster and that was just in my head for like ever. Yeah. And then I think you broke your wrist, didn't you? Uh, ankle, actually. Ankle, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Alex is a uh, professional stuntman. Yep. So you call yourself? Yep. And an actor too, right? You're in yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, uh, mostly little like one-liner things right now. I would say stunt actor. Yeah. Um, where you have like little one-liner things, and then you get killed or yep. you know blown up or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should I should first of all thanks for being here. Um, I really appreciate you coming down. Like, I know you don't have to do this. This is episode one. This is nothing as of yet. Uh, hopefully it'll be something one day, but right now it's nothing. I really appreciate you coming down. Uh, and I want to congratulate on your, on your wedding. Cause I know you just got married. Ah, like, yes, was it you. September? Yep, you September. Got married? Yep. And you had some pictures that were like award winners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Like the photographers we had were really awesome and they were, 
um, just kind of getting into it back then, but they've really exploded since then. And uh, mm-hmm. they, they've been submitting all of their photos to all these competitions and they've been winning a lot of them. So nice. And uh, yeah, with my stunt background, I want to do some cool ones with like, yeah. you know, jumping around and stuff. Yeah, and I saw you jumping over Sam like that flip yeah. you did over. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, a little nerve wracking on the wedding day to do that, <laughs> especially like in a field and like dress shoes and stuff. It's yeah. not like the best attire to no. be flipping in. No. So. But yeah, was yeah. that before the ceremony too? Obviously, that was after the ceremony. Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or not the ceremony, the uh, reception. reception. It was during the reception actually. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it was like on and off with rain that day, so the rain stopped. We decided to go out after, like, kind of during the reception and do that. It's so. almost worse because then if it rains and you slip, then you're covered in like mud. It's not just yeah. dirt; it's like mud. All I know. Over. <laughs> I know. You guys honeymooned in Italy, right? Uh, we went on a Mediterranean cruise oh, actually. Wow, nice. So we went around to different countries. Yeah. We flew the day after the wedding. We flew right to Italy to Rome. Yeah. We got on the ship right away from there and we went to Sicily, uh, Mykonos, Santorini, which was really awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, where else did we go? Um, Turkey and Athens. Wow. And uh, where else? Naples. We checked out Pompeii, which was really awesome. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Bet. So cool. And then back to Rome and we spent uh, an extra night in a hotel there. Kind of cruised around, saw everything, the Vatican, wow, Colosseum, Trevi Fountain, everything. It was so cool. Buddy, that's an amazing honeymoon. It was so, it was awesome. Like we went to Mexico and I had a great time, like at a resort for a week. I can imagine doing that. Yeah, it was cool. Holy cow. It was, uh, it was not like a relaxing honeymoon. It was like, you're doing something every day, you know, and you're rarely on the ship. You I think we had two days at sea in total. Really? Yeah. And, uh, but the rest of it. Because everything's so close. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like every day you're up at like, you know, six or seven in the morning you're you're going and doing your full day excursion or whatever you have planned so that's amazing that fits right in with your life though that's kind of yeah. like that's how you live sort totally of. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're pretty adventurous people <laughs> oh yeah you'd have to be in your line of work yeah i mean like i was looking at your imdb here like uh yesterday and today like you've been in over like 60 well it says 67 credits yeah and i'm assuming most of those are stunt work yep right yep like I think there's 60, yeah, I think 65 stunt or 67 stunts. And then I think there's six acting credits on there too. Okay. Yeah. Like the yeah. civic commercial. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I don't even, that one's not even on there because really? just because IMDb doesn't uh, track commercials, I guess. Oh really? Yeah. It's only like TV shows and movies. Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. Unless I just haven't found it and put it on there, but yeah. Some of these, uh, some of these are super impressive. Like, like triple X and suicide squad, like jump out right at me. Like mm. that role you played a suicide squad with all those crazy, like mock tattoos they had to put on. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. That was like a three hour process. Every time I had to put that on. Wow. Yeah. How many days did you shoot that? Um, I was probably that character, a total of like maybe like seven or eight days. Yeah. And, uh, cause there's only like a couple of big stunts I did for his character. Cause okay. he, if you watch the movie, he didn't do a lot of stuff in that movie. Yeah. But Hey, I was still pumped to be one of the lead doubles. Absolutely. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing opportunity. Like I, I, Honestly, like you're living, I think what like a lot of little kids dreams is, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they just want to grow up and do flips and jump out of windows and crap. And that's what you're doing for yeah, a living. It's amazing. Totally. I don't know how you've made that in your life, but it's, I was actually I don't know nasty. either. Like, <laughs> like when did you decide? Like when did that kick in that you wanted to be a stuntman or did you always feel that way or did that, that was it something after like I high did, school? Yeah. I didn't always feel that way. To tell you the truth, I always wanted to be a professional rollerblader and yep. we rollerblade together a lot. So yeah, for the listeners you know. out there that, that don't know me and Alex, we met doing a mutual sport that it's kind of almost dead now. It's, it's really small compared to, it's like a half million people around the world do it. Maybe if that it's called aggressive inline skating, if you don't know what it is, you can, you can look it up. It's on the internet, just YouTube aggressive inline. You'll, you'll see what we're talking about. But yeah, so you wanted to be a pro 
blader growing up i did yeah yeah and then once i kind of realized hey there's not really much money in this anymore i wish i got back and do it like a long time ago when there was like in the 90s you know um but yeah once i kind of realized that then i kind of stopped you know pushing myself to the point where like i could be a pro now because like I mean, in order to be a pro now, you have to be doing some pretty insane yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to be double flipping everything and, yeah. you know. Grinding giant handrails yeah, and putting yourself like, at risk for no money, really. Yeah, like big 540 yeah. gap to grinds down like huge, crazy um, ledges and yeah. stuff or you're going to kill yourself. There's no reward. There's no reward yeah. for the risk. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I decided, okay, let's do something else where we're going to get paid for, for what we do. So, um, yeah. basically, yeah, rollerblading kind of led me into meeting a couple guys that, at a skate park in Brantford that used to be there called The Edge. I don't know if you remember that. It was like I a don't. little indoor park, tiny no. little shoebox place. Definitely don't remember that. I remember there was an outdoor one that had like these big like half pipes and quarter pipes and stuff, okay. but not no indoor one. Okay. You remember, do you know the big steel half pipe that they yes. have there? Yeah. Yeah. So that was around the time when that was built. Okay. Um, anyway, so I met these guys there one time because yeah. my aunt and uncle live in Brantford. Okay. So we were there for a family gathering. I went to this place. And uh, these guys happened to be in the film industry already. Oh, really? They were, yeah. And their dad happened to be a stunt coordinator. And that's the guy on set that hires all the stunt performers. And he kind of... um, uh, kind of uh, organizes every all the stunt work and yep. with the uh, performers and the and then the production and makes it happen basically. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, one day I I we, we met we we hit it off and um, I saw how much fun they were having and and uh, the kind of living that they were making. Yeah. And and then I was in school at the time. I was at Conestoga College for marketing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, and so one day I just kind of asked him, hey, like, do you mind if you give me a shot on set? Like, I'd love to come on and, like, check it out. And so he did. And this he is br- the stunt coordinator yep. guy? Yeah. Yep, and he brought me on to a MTV show called Skins. It was okay. There's a British version and a U.S. version. The British version did very well, actually. It's on Netflix. Really? But the U.S. version wasn't so great. But this was the pilot episode of that. I've never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's a big like fight scene, and my job was to—I didn't have a lot of responsibility since it was my first time yeah. on set. So, yeah. um, I was called a SSE, which is a special skills extra. Yeah. And basically, I'm the buffer between the background performers and the stunt performers. So okay. there was a big—it was a rave foam party scene, and there was a big fight scene that broke out. Okay. And so when the fight scene was breaking out with the stunt guys. I was the kind of the buffer between them and the background to make sure the background didn't get hurt. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So when you're an SSC, it's kind of like a test phase. To right, see right. If see you how can, you'll do? Yeah. <laughs> if you can take direction and listen yeah. properly and stuff. So right, right. It went very well. And uh, after doing a little bit of that, I started, uh, I knew I couldn't rely just on him to make it yeah. into business. Right. Um, I just wouldn't work that much because he, he can only have one or two shows at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided to get a background agent and just to you know get on in my foot in the door for other shows. Yeah. So I got a background agent. I started doing that and for about two years, I think. And then um, I brought my resume and my demo and my headshot and everything with mm-hmm. me. And if there happened to be a stunt going on that day, there would be a stunt coordinator there. And okay. there's like probably 20 different stunt coordinators in the Toronto area. Oh, really? So I had to meet all that these many. guys. That many. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And, uh, so eventually after two years, I started to meet all of them, handed them all my stuff. Yep. And then, uh, a bunch of them gave me a shot and 
it's, and then I just started doing more SSEs and then I got more stunt work and it's kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah, and that was of. like probably six years ago now, seven years ago. And you've been doing this full time like since then? Yep. It, so you never it. really had like a, a real job. Like, you well, did, did you ever get like an office job with your marketing degree? I never, no, I didn't. I never yeah. got a marketing job from from that education. But like, of course, growing up, I had all these different yeah. summer jobs, minimum wage jobs, yeah. whatever. I worked at Little Caesars. Do like me a favor with that thing. Yeah. Either put it in there and lean forward into it, or just make sure you point at your mouth because I'm getting some oh. weird sound stuff. Because okay. it's yep. you, as you move it away, it's kind of I don't want people like hearing half your words yep. and then not. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you never had a you never had a full time job. You went straight into this basically like out of school pretty much yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah out of school like yeah just summer jobs and stuff like that uh, yeah, yeah like i worked at, like factory jobs and stuff yeah. like in the summer but no full-time job no after full-time. college like nope. just wow what an amazing that's that's an amazing leap yeah to find like for that series of events to fall into place like that and to lead you to this career that's incredible yeah like well, that's almost unheard of yeah it was like in my mind, it was like my only option. Yeah. Like I needed to make this work. I yeah. saw that it could work because I saw other yeah. people in the business who were talented. Um, but I also like I had I could definitely compete with that and yeah. maybe offer a little bit more. Right. So I, I saw the opportunity for me to get in there and I took it. Well, so. you're definitely geared for it, man. I mean, like just basically like just seeing you skate, let alone like all the other stuff you do. Like I, c- I can tell you're you're serious about it and you'd have to be to go right out of like a marketing <laughs> like education in directly into that. Like, yeah. It was, that's a pretty big leap. Like, yeah. It was like I was in my I think my second year when I when I met these guys yeah. and I started working. Yeah. Uh, doing the background stuff. Right. So like during my during my education there at Conestoga College, I actually like some days I would miss class to go do sure. background days just sure. to meet people. Yeah. So I almost didn't finish. I, I like I wanted to just make money like yep. and, and start this off like sure I, and have fun. I mean like yeah. clearly it's something you you enjoy. Otherwise totally. you wouldn't be still doing it. So. Absolutely. Um. Uh, what's it like on these like on these big sets? Like I want to ask you that before I forget before mm-hmm. I forget if falls out of my head here but what's it like working on these like major motion pictures like you know something like suicide squad Mm -hmm. like what are your days like when you're there like is it a lot of waiting around or and do you get to watch like the filming yeah um yeah it's uh it's really cool um the novelty wears off after a little while like the first (laughs) the first like year i would say of being on sets is really cool like it's everything you see you know, from behind the scenes stuff, like, you know, on a special features DVD or whatever, sure. when you see all the cameras and everything, everything's like really cool. All the wires set up. Yeah. And all that stuff. yeah. Like there's a lot going on and uh, all the terminology is really cool that they use. And it's, yeah. it's just like you see in the movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it does wear off a little bit and it becomes a job eventually, but it's still sure. really cool. It's still really awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, in terms of like, yeah, yeah, we do have to wait around a lot. It's a lot of yeah. hurry up and wait sort of thing. Um, because not all, not the whole day would be about you and your scene. Right. Right. So yeah, usually like I'll show up. Sometimes you're going to be at the start of the day. Your, your scenes first up. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes you'll finish within a couple hours. You'll go home. Right. Whatever. Right. And then sometimes you're not until the last scene. So you're waiting around all day Yikes! and you're just, I mean, we have trailers and stuff we can hang out in. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, usually you're working with some other stunt guys so you can right. talk with them. And sometimes we bring her like toys to set, like n- yeah, nunchucks yeah. or like yeah, yeah. skateboards or whatever. And yeah. then you can play around and <laughs> do whatever. As long as you're like not making uh, a disturbance or anything for their filming, then sounds amazing. Do whatever you want. <laughs> and they have like craft trucks on set where you can go 
and get some food. Oh, totally. Yeah. You end up eating a lot and sitting around a lot, but Do yeah. you know a lot of those other stuntmen? Like, are you close with them? Like, yep. you work with them frequently, all the yep. same guys? Yep. Yeah. It's a pretty tight-knit industry. Yeah. And, like, all throughout Canada, pretty much. Like, I was going to say, how many around here? Like, you said there was about 20 stunt coordinators. Yeah. So how many stuntmen? I, w- I would say around 200 stuntmen and women. Okay. Yeah. That's not, that's not that many, really, no. when you consider how many productions are being shot around no. here. No. And it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a tough industry to get into. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a whole, there's a union you have to get involved with, and that's uh, called ACTRA. Okay. It's the Association of uh, Canadian uh, Radio and Television Artists. Okay. Yeah. So all the actors are in there as well, yes. not just the stuntmen. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So in order to get in there, is it's pretty tough because you have to basically have a reason for... Um, them, them to hire you and let you into the union among right. other people that are already in the union. Right. You know, so that's the hard one to get. Yeah. Why, for, why should they let you in? Basically? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and for me, it was on a TV show called breakout Kings and yep. it happened to be a stunt acting part. And, okay. um, uh, the stunt coordinator I told you about that I met in Brantford, mm-hmm. he's the one who submitted me for that. And the director of that episode wanted me just because of the look that I had for the specific role. Sure. I was playing this, uh, I mean, I think the role was called white male. <laughs> <laughs> Very nondescript. Yes, no kidding. And I was, uh, you know, I was involved in like a drug house or something and I ended up running <laughs> down an alleyway and I got tackled by the main character and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but but they wanted me just for my look for that and that's how I got my first credit. Right. So and then you have to get once you're in that you're an apprentice member and then you have to get two other credits to become a full member and then you'll get benefits and all right, that kind right. of thing. So So this this coordinator basically knew that you would you'd be a good fit for this role. Yeah. And he brought basically like your stuff to the director and then they got in contact with you. Exactly. Yeah. So he submitted me among with, with uh, other performers that were already in the union right. and he just, the director wanted me for that and that's how I got so it. So does he work with you then if he brings like your uh, like attention, like if he brings you to the attention of that director, mm-hmm. does he now become the coordinator for that show or do they have still have their own? They would have their own, I guess. Right. So that the coordinator was already hired by that show. Well, that same guy was already hired. Yep, he's already okay, hired. Gotcha. Yep, and then he just—it's uh, his job to just submit certain stunt guys to directors just okay, to, I for gotcha. certain parts. Yep, if, yep, yep. If they're going to be featured on camera, they have yeah. to just submit them and get them approved by the director first right. before they can hire them. Yeah, that's pretty so. cool. That's that's awesome. Like, so it's basically like you're. I mean, are you hunting for jobs or are they, are they just sort of organically coming toward you then? Like, how does um, that work? It depends on the time of year and how busy it is. Yeah. Like, um, like recently this spring has been a little bit slower, which is unusual, but mm. there's a, there's a new show filming in Toronto. I can't see the name of it. I don't think, but, um, yeah. It's a new like sci-fi show that's okay. kind of taking up a lot of studio space right now where mm-hmm. big feature films would normally shoot. Okay. So we're not getting that big feature film in Toronto like Suicide Squad or Triple yeah. X that we've gotten in the previous summers. Right. Um, luckily, Montreal is filming something big right now and I'm actually heading there tomorrow oh, nice. for a rehearsal and then uh, shooting for the first two weeks of July. That's so. what I was going to ask you too. Like how much traveling are you doing and is it is it mainly with, like within Canada that you're working or are you traveling to the States or like other countries? Yeah, it's pretty much just Canada is at it? this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky to get to the states without like a green card or visa right, or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, some guys have dual citizenship and they're they're back and oh, forth a little easy. bit, and that yeah. would be awesome. Sure. Uh, eventually, I think I'm going to try and get my green card. It's just a uh, expensive and it's a long process. I'll bet. Yeah, especially you know? now with everything going on down there with that 
crazy orange haired freak that's running yes. things down there. Like he wants to keep you guys out, I suppose, and leave yeah. that work to the to the people in the states. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Canada's been pretty good, I gotta say. Like Toronto has so yeah. so many productions. It's uh, more so TV, I would say, and then one or two big features every year. Um, and then Montreal has usually one or two big features every yeah. year too. And so I'm back and forth from there the most. Um, and I'm going to start going out to Vancouver pretty soon too. Oh, nice. They're, they're doing, uh, I think Deadpool too out there. Oh, right cool. Now. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much filming that goes on around here, even like just within Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Like I would, like when I worked for the city, um, I would like typically do a lot of special event type stuff. And some of the, some of the stuff I was looking after was road closures for like the, you worked, I think on bitten, right? Yep. Did, did. Was that, was that filmed in Cambridge? The one you worked sometimes on? Yeah. like it's all based out of Toronto, but right. then like for certain, whatever shots they need, if they yeah. need more like, uh, you know, an environmental like park setting or whatever, right. then they'll go out of the city a little bit. Sure, it's, sure. it's easier for, and it's cheaper for yeah. permits and stuff like that for them to oh, film. Totally. It was so. dirt cheap for them to film here. Like I can yeah. attest to that. Like there was almost no money involved with them getting permits to film. Yeah. Here. And then you've got like, like Hespler, just downtown Hespler here. Like mm-hmm. they've shot a bunch of stuff recently here. Um, yeah, Murdoch Mysteries. Murdoch Mysteries here. was shot in downtown Galt too. And yep. and then Bitten was shot here. And then uh, James Franco was here for a show. Yeah, I doubled him by the way. Did you for that show? Yes, I did. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Yes. And it was, yeah, it was about the how he goes back in time and stops the Kennedy assassination from from happening. It was. I uh, haven't seen it yet. I'm dying to see it, and I just keep forgetting. That's one of those things you know, on my list that I just it keep was, forgetting to it watch. It was quite good. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It was really good it was well it seems done. like a good plot it was it and was. he seems like a super guy did you get to like like that's the other thing i was gonna say like how many of these actors do you get to meet when you're working with them when i'm you're doubling them yeah when i'm doubling them i, I interact with them quite a bit really? actually yeah. yeah um yeah because i have to i'm basically in charge of their safety when they're when they're doing anything action oriented or mm-hmm. whatever um i have to supply them with pads and stuff oh really and, and i have to you know put harnesses on them if they're doing any wire related stuff and uh, just make sure we're doing the same thing and we're right. matching the movements. Right. Right. So when you're doubling them, you're almost like you're almost like coaching them sort of on the, like the stunt stuff. Exactly. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I got to work with James quite a bit. Yeah. And I actually doubled him on another movie in Toronto uh, just before Christmas as well called nice. Kin. Yes. I've heard, I heard of that too, actually. Yep. So yeah, doubled him twice. It was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Who's uh, like... I mean, you've probably met a ton of people, but does anyone stick out? Like, is there any, like, anyone that's, like, really super over-the-top awesome to hang out with? Uh, Kevin Spacey was really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When yeah. did you meet him? So, I worked with him on a movie called Nine Lives in Montreal. Okay. This is, I think, two summers ago. And uh, it's about a, a cat. He, he turned into a cat because he wasn't, like, a great person. He wasn't, like, great to his family or whatever. Right. And it's, this uh, owner of a cat store kind of turned him into a cat, basically, <laughs> for the remainder of the movie. Um, but yeah, I got to work with him a little bit there and I remember I was hanging out, out by the trailers in, uh, in base camp and, uh, talking to another guy and then I see Kevin Spacey kind of walk by and then he just comes down and he comes and introduces himself. Like, wow. Like such a, like, like he just came regular, up to you guys out of the yep, blue. Yep. Totally regular guy. It's like, Hey guys, I'm Kevin. How's it going? Wow. Yep. Yep. He's like an, an enormous actor. He's an amazing actor. He's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. And like for for me to hear you say that he just walked up to you and introduced himself seems pretty cool. Like yeah, it was awesome. It's not like you guys are like main actors in the movie. It was a movie, I guess it was yeah. that one. But like for him to come up to the stunt guys, it sounds hey, pretty cool. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was a small crew that day. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't a lot of us working. Still, he doesn't have to do that. No, it was great. Just ignore you guys and go yeah. to his trailer or whatever and yeah. just hang out. I was doubling uh, Mark Consuelos that day. Oh, yeah. That's Kelly Ripa's Kelly Ripa's husband. husband. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I got to 
meet with him a little bit too. Nice. Yeah, it was a good day. He seems like a bit of a weird cat. Like, I, I don't know, like... I, you know, don't say anything if you don't want to. But no. like from what I like notice on TV, like I, I just feel like some of those people are real superficial. Like they're just it's all on the surface. All their kindness and niceness is on the surface. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, and that's kind of like you never know what to think about actors like Kevin Spacey. But mm-hmm. to hear you say that about him is uh, it's that's unbelievable. Oh, I'm yeah. still stuck on that. Like, yeah. He's he's one of the best, honestly. Um, oh, my God. The movies he's been in. Like, I know. Pff. I know. I'm a big fan, too. Oh, absolutely. The cool. guy blows me away. Yep. What's um. What's the craziest thing you've ever been hired to do? Like, what what mm-hmm. what's the biggest stunt you've ever been asked to do? Oh man, um, there's different categories. I for me for like big stunts, you know, like, um, like if you're talking about like a big stunt that like really hits hard and it's really like crazy to look at, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it was on Suicide Squad when I got ratcheted, which is a when you're on a wire and they yep. pull you back with a big hydraulic All piston. All of a sudden just, they just boom. Yank yeah. you back. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. So the, uh, I, when I was doubling for Jay Hernandez as uh, El Diablo on yep. Suicide Squad, there was a scene where um, the character Incubus kicks him backwards in the train station and goes flying back about 60 feet over a flight of stairs wow. through a window and then into a wall. And uh, you're all you're completely backwards. You can't see anything the whole time. And I ended up breaking my ankle on that one, actually. Oh, really? That's yeah. where you broke your ankle? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was probably, it was the biggest ratchet I've ever done before. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, that seems yeah. crazy when I see that, like, you know, when I watch that stuff on, like, you know, like the behind the scenes stuff and you see people doing that, you wonder how, like, it just, even just, like, the whiplash of that pulling you doesn't get you hurt, you mm-hmm. know? Like, let alone that you're flying through the air and hoping to land on the padding that's behind you in the right spot, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean... With the way we load the line, it tends to not give you a lot of whiplash just because, like, let's say, like, there's a lot of slack on the line and then it pulled you. Then right. you get that whiplash and right, you, would, right. you know, jar your neck a little bit yeah. and stuff. But since we we're always keeping tension on the line, you don't generally don't get a lot of whiplash. Right. But uh, the impacts are what are, is going to hurt you. And, and, and the longer the distance between your takeoff and your landing, the more that can go wrong. Because you're sure. just you're floating in the air, so your body's moving, and once you start moving one way, you can't stop it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, my legs started getting behind me a little bit, and then once I landed, uh, the floor was so slippery I couldn't even. Get, I tried to couldn't swing my leg back, and I couldn't get it, and my, my leg hit the wall first. It was supposed to be my back, and I had a back pad on, so it would have hurt, but it would have been okay. Right, right. But my leg got behind me, smashed it, and I ended up getting a nice spiral fracture e- on my yikes. fibula, my, my left fibula. So. What I was uh, there for six months. Is that, that the only time you've been hurt on, on like a stunt? Um, that's the only major one. Yeah. I, that's the only broken bone I've ever had. Probably actually, just like bumps and bruises, like on other stuff. Yeah, 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 lots of scrapes and stuff. I on the movie Pompeii, I got hit in the mouth by an actor with an axe. It was Ooh. like, it w- the blade was like a hard plastic, but the wo- the wooden handle <laughs> was uh, yeah. it was real, and that's the part that hit me. He, he was supposed to kind of uppercut me with this axe in a big gladiator fight scene sort of thing. And uh, we had rehearsed it. It was great. But then they changed the angle of the camera last second, which changes where you need to put the axe to make right. it sell for my hit. Right. 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 Then he ended up just hitting me right in the face and right th- it went right through my lip. And I had to go to the hospital and all this gladiator uniforms and everything. <laughs> and everyone was just staring at me like, well, who the like heck is this gear, guy? Full gladiator gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So it was pretty funny. 
And actually, I had to go to the when I broke my ankle for Diablo. Yeah. I uh, had to go to the hospital with all, all that stuff on too. On. And they were pretty concerned about that <laughs> at the time because it was like pretty. Everyone knew they were filming that there because yeah. they were doing that Batmobile chase with the Joker downtown. Yeah. So everyone knew about this. Right, right. So I had to make sure I had like a hoodie on, and, uh, and you know, yeah, yeah, because it was so classified, right? Sure, sure. So everyone was looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> but then again, you're in downtown Toronto. You see some weird people. Oh my God, anything so, can happen down there. Yeah. You never know. Totally. Um, what uh, like you know. Speaking of the like the stuff, the craziest thing you've been hired for, I was going to ask you, like, you seem to, like, everything you're into, like, I know you just started skydiving, I want to talk a little bit about that after, but, like, does anything scare you? Like, is there anything, like, they, that they ask you to do, or maybe you might consider doing in the future that you, makes you nervous to, to, to try as far as, like, stunt stuff goes? Because hmm. um, it seems like you've done, like, a lot of, st- like, I've seen, I've seen you thrown through windows and off of trains, like, on Murdoch Mysteries, and, yep. you know, like, you're talking about doing this, this like wire stuff through the air for a suicide squad. Does any of that stuff make you nervous before you do it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're definitely like, you got something wrong with you. If you're not nervous before some of this stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, I get nervous before almost every stunt I do, but that's okay because it makes me focused on what I'm doing. Right. And as long as you are visualizing the outcome of it and exactly how everything is going to go, then it usually is fine. Um, let me see. But like, yeah, like doing like a car hit or something like that. Like, how could you not be nervous, you know? Yeah, totally. You're relying on a lot of other stuff, right? Yep, exactly. Because like they were filming, I don't know what they were filming down here, but there's a little bridge just if you go down this street and mm-hmm. hang a right. Mm-hmm. It's like a bit of a country road and there's a little, uh, like a like an old iron bridge, a steel bridge. Yep. And they were filming a stunt there and it was a car up on wires. Hmm. And I guess what it was supposed to do was supposed to simulate that it was going over the guide, the guide rail and like kind of rolling onto its roof. Right. So they were lifting this car into place and one of the wires breaks. So I get a call like, hey, can you come down and check this out? I go down there and the guide rail is completely destroyed. And all I could think was, if this was a stunt where there was a guy under there, you know what I mean? Like, like you're trusting your life to these apparatuses and this stuff. And that's why I ask you, like, if you get nervous, because there's there's things that I know there's a lot of safety stuff in place. And mm-hmm. it sounds like there's not a lot of injuries, really. But like, there's always that thing in the back of your in back of my mind and that's kind of what holds me back from doing a lot of stuff but yeah. with you it seems like you're just so open to trying like whatever and that's yeah. why i was asking if there's anything that scares you right yeah there's uh w- safety wise there's um there's a lot of people we, we, we uh, rely on and there's yeah. like for um for something like that there'd be stunt riggers who are if if stunt guys are involved there's stunt riggers involved as well okay if there's uh so they would be in charge of the rigging up the car with the cables or whatever yeah and uh the guys that we work with are really good and um i would feel a lot safer if they were yeah. on it as opposed to some random special effects exactly guys. if you know the guys i guess say that makes it a lot better yeah yeah absolutely exactly so. um and you know like i said like there's there's not a lot you won't try like your your life seemed to me like your life just seems like non-stop like action like it's unbelievable mm-hmm. like again like i'll say it again you're like living like every like you know 14 year old boy's like dream like it's just it seems amazing to me um thank you it's fun <laughs> I, I was looking at your like Instagram, just looking at all this stuff, mm-hmm. and I saw that uh, you met Michael Bisping. Yes. Was that, what was the circumstances of that? Like, was that on a shoot or what was that about? Yep. So that was on the new Triple X uh, Three Return of Xander Cage. Okay. And I think it was actually supposed to be Conor McGregor at first. And oh then really? He ended up he ended up backing out for whatever reason. I think he had a fight coming up or something like that yeah. and he this wasn't his focus so michael bisping uh took his place yeah and i ended up doing a big fight scene with him actually i did a couple with him i did one as i was playing myself and uh, i was like one of the soldiers coming into this warehouse thing and yeah. i had to end up fighting him in there 
and he had to he i got pretty bumped and bruised by him like he, he hit me hard <laughs> i, I bet he you would. know he was he was really good he got really good but at the beginning when we were rehearsing he this is his first big movie so he has to learn how to, he's really good at real fighting right. he has to learn how to film fight yeah you know pull back a little bit exactly pull back a little bit <laughs> and, not and, beat the crap out and of this somebody is, i gotta remind you this is just this is a couple of weeks before he won his middleweight championship by the way so i consider myself his punching bag and training bag <laughs> for that but, you know uh, but yeah I, I did one fight scene with him uh, as a soldier playing my like as myself you know yeah. like my own you'll see my face on there kind of thing yeah he had to flip me. We were filming in this uh, old abandoned power plant in Toronto called The Hearn. It's a nasty place. Really? And, and everyone in stunts and knows about it. And we all just cringe when we hear that name, The Hearn, because it's always really cold in there. It's like, I don't know if it's radioactive or what, but it was like <laughs> an old coal plant and stuff. Has and it, it been set up now for shooting? Like, is it uh, now just really. like a filming just location? People or just, just film in there all the time and oh, it's yeah. probably not that safe to film in anyway. <laughs> but we always find ourselves in there oh, again yeah. and again. So it's just a really like um, aesthetically pleasing to look at. And it's yeah. really good for film. Oh, so, I bet. Yeah. Um, but there was a bunch of water on the ground and I, he had to flip me and basically do like kind of a suplex thing and throw me over his shoulder and I had to do basically like a three quarter backflip to my stomach into this little puddle like uh, and of, of nasty water and you just have to lie there and wait a second but what's underneath that water just concrete. Oh my God. Yeah. So Michael Bisping is throwing you through the air and you're landing on your stomach. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that might be the not so fun part. And of I have a, I have a little video on my phone. I have to show you after. Yeah, or I'd like I? to see that. It might be on my other memory yeah. card. Um, yeah, but uh, the other fight scene, I was doubling another character on the movie, and big fight scene. He had to tackle me through a set of double doors onto a desk and then onto the ground, and then we got in a big fight there. And wow, yeah, it was, it was that's pretty so intense. surreal. Like, first of all, you're meeting Kevin Spacey. Now you're fighting Michael Bisping. Like, it just seems yeah, it's unreal to me. Yeah, it was cool really nice guy down to earth too like he's not oh, fake yeah. whatsoever he doesn't yeah. put up a front like what you see is what you get with him so a lot cool. of those guys like like i listen to like the joe rogan podcast a lot and like a lot of those guys come on there and and they just they're not what you'd expect from professional mixed martial artists mm. they're like you expect these ru- like i mean they're they're definitely assertive and they're manly but they're they're not over the top like you know, in your face or aggressive. They're yeah. just average guys. They yep. just, you know, that's just the career path that they got dealt because they like to fight. They're good at it. They're big, whatever. Yep. Right? So it doesn't surprise me to hear that he's like a pretty decent guy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now you mentioned uh, Conor McGregor. Like, are you a big UFC guy? I know we talked a little bit about this before, but you, you said you don't really watch a whole lot. Yeah, not a whole lot. Like the, I know the big names, you yeah. know, and like uh, I'm curious in, of the, with the big fights, you know, what's going to yeah. happen. Like I know Bisping was supposed to be fighting GSP again in the future at some point. I heard, I, 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 I heard, heard that's that, happening. I heard that GSP was coming back, but I didn't know that it was Bisping. Yes. I, that's what I heard last time wow. I looked anyway. That'd so that would be really fight. cool to watch. And I yeah. wouldn't know who to, who to cheer for because obviously GSP is Canadian. It would be awesome. And he he's has a, he's had a really good track record. Oh, God. But then Bisping, we have history now. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> now you kind of know the guy. It's yeah. like a weird dynamic now. Yeah. Yeah. GSP is like, I mean, he's incredible. Like, I haven't, I don't watch all the fights, but I definitely watch a lot of the big ones. And if I don't, I'll catch them on some kind of a rerun. And his, his technique is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. he's one of the greatest of all times. But he has taken a beating. Like he retired at the right time, and now he's seen coming back. And if he's going to fight someone like Bisping, like I'm almost a little bit nervous to watch that one because, like, I, and I know he's kept up his skill. Like I, I see him on his like on his social media stuff. Yep. He's training all the time. He never he's never stopped. He's not one of these guys that retired and went directly to just getting fat and drinking yeah. beer. Like he's he's kept up his skill um, and kept up his his training and he's in shape. 
Yep. He's right. actually been getting into the movie stuff a little bit too. Yeah, recently. I heard that. He was in the movie Kickboxer that just came out. Kickboxer uh, Vengeance okay. it's called. Um, which a friend of mine who's a fellow stuntman, he's actually starring in it too. His name's uh, Elaine Moussy. Oh, yeah. He's a really good martial arts guy from uh, the Ottawa area. Yeah, he's awesome. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's that movie called? Kickboxer? Kickboxer Vengeance. It's on Netflix. Check it out. I haven't, I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, and there's a new one, actually a sequel coming out called Kickboxer Retaliation. Wow, and what is he doing? Like, is he is he like he, actually acting? He's in it acting or? in it and really? doing a bit of fighting too. Yeah, hmm. it's interesting. interesting. You have to check that one out. Yeah, for and, sure. the, and the next one coming out is with Mike Tyson. So that's pretty interesting. Mike Tyson is going to act in a movie. Yeah, he's acting. Okay, that in a I got to see. I mean, in a, in a comedy, I get it, but in like <laughs> yep. in something serious, I'd have to check that out. Yep. Um, what was I going to ask you now? The McGregor fight, like uh, speaking of fights, are like, are you gonna watch that one with Mayweather? Like that seems like such a weird fight to me. It is a weird fight because that's gonna be, from everything I'm hearing, that's gonna be just a stand-up boxing, s- straight-up boxing match. Yeah, there's no kicks there's, or anything. There's no about. MMA involved at all. No. It's just boxing. Yeah. And like I know Conor McGregor can punch. I know he knows a bit about boxing. Mm-hmm. But if he can't like grapple and take that guy to the ground, how is he going to win that fight? It just seems insane to me. Like it, yeah. it's almost like everybody on the planet is going to watch that fight mm-hmm. just to see what happens mm-hmm. because there's no telling. I mean, I mean, if he gets in close and gets a couple of hits, like one thing about McGregor is if he he's got tons of power behind his hitting. Yeah. But so does Mayweather. Yeah. I mean, let's get real here. You know. Yeah. And I know like McGregor's a bit bigger too than Mayweather. I think, he is. Right? He's bigger. Yeah. He's definitely bigger. And I know I Mayweather hasn't really complained about that or anything much no, either. From no, what no, I've no, no. I don't think Mayweather's scared at all. Yeah. Now, if it was an MMA fight, I think he'd be. I don't think he, it would ever happen because I think it wouldn't last. You know, more than a, like sure. a round, if if that. Yeah. Because like as soon as Connor gets him on the ground, like that's it. Yeah. Like, McGregor's. He's like you said, he's bigger than him. His technique and all that other stuff is crazy. And yeah, you know, like there's no way it would last. But with the stand up fight, like the regular boxing match, like whew, it's gonna be it, interesting. It could go man. either way because it's you know, Mayweather that's his domain, you know, yeah. and uh, and they're using his discipline. And I think he's undefeated, right? I'm not sure I'm about the record, sure, to be I'm honest. I'm pretty sure he's undefeated. I know he hasn't last, lost in a while, yeah. so. And uh, either way, you know, they're going to make a lot of cash from that. And I think that's... Oh, God. That's what it's all about. <laughs> that's what's driving it. I mean, yeah. it has to be. Like, it is. How could you think anything else? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what does Conor McGregor have to prove being in a boxing match with Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, Nothing. Exactly. This, this is a cash The fans want to see it, so oh. they're going to make a lot of money. And yeah. it was the same thing as the last fight that Mayweather did with uh, Pacquiao or yeah, whatever. Yeah. They made a lot of money from that oh, one, too. Oh, huge. So, you know. Win or lose. I mean, like, win or lose, you're, you're winning. Yeah. Because the, the money you're putting away is insane exactly you know and they make so much money per round or whatever oh just yeah keep it going as long as possible so you went i mean looking at your record like you went from doing things like x-men and um you know like suicide squad like we talked about mm-hmm. but then i'll see that you worked on letter kenny yes <laughs> I, that was actually recent <laughs> that was that, recent that was that was um, the i think that was in january uh, yeah i think it was january that was the uh saint patrick's day episode right uh, I think it might have been. I, uh, I haven't seen it. I just I'm trying to remember from IMDb, but I thought actually it was I think it's I think it's a new season coming out. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it was it? Oh, it's in the winter because the new one's in the winter. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. At least yeah, part yeah. of it is, and yeah. then I think the next part's in the summer. Yeah. But yeah. So how what was that like? Like what what were you doing for that? So that was really fun. 
Yeah, um, it hasn't aired yet, so I can't say too much about no, it. No, no, no. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Just getting to meet those guys is, is well. That's so what funny. I wanted to know. Like, how mu- again? How much are you hanging out with these guys? Like Jared Kiso. Like he seems like such a funny and like charming and cool guy. Yeah. Like we were we were hanging out together. We, we were walking to lunch, and he was just like, "Hey, uh, like, how's it going in Toronto right now, guys?" Like he's <laughs> hanging up, and uh, they were filming in Sudbury. Always film in Sudbury. Yeah, that's where all so, seasons have been shot. Yeah, uh, really nice guy though. Like super awesome. Um, who else did you get to meet on the cast? Oh, what's the other guy's name? The guy with the milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him. I got um, to I got to interact with him quite a bit. The too. big guy, the comedian. He's a yeah, Trevor he Trevor Noah Trevor Wilson. God, I can't remember his name. Yeah, now. the right big guy that's tongue. always is yeah, beside yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, uh, I, I think got it's to Trevor K. Wilson. I think is his name. Okay, or something like that. Yeah, I got to meet him as well, and yeah. uh, it was just so funny because like we're doing the scene and we're in that you know the director's asking us to do all these funny things you know like you know pick our butts and pick our noses and like spit and stuff and all this like nasty hick kind of stuff and i can just see jared and then them yeah. like they're in our eye line but the camera's on on us yeah uh and they're just they're just laughing their asses off trying to stay quiet and it's, it makes it very hard for us <laughs> not to laugh yeah, of course how can you not break it up when you hear so those guys funny. laughing at it you was so funny yeah oh uh, so I know you can't say too much, but were you stunting or were you acting in that? I was stunting, but okay. well, I was stunting, but I was also you can and, see and I was acting. featured. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so no lines, but you can see my uh, my That's face. That's awesome. Stuff. Yeah, that is that is one of seriously like that is one of my all time favorite shows, and I've only seen season one. I haven't seen season two yet because I don't have Crave TV, and I was mm. kind of hoping they would air it on like. Uh, on uh, like Comedy Network because that's the way I saw the first ep- first season. Yeah, they aired all the episodes like in a weekend, and I and I PVR them and watched them all, and it quickly became my favorite show. And I've seen some clips from season two, and now I hear season three is on the way, and so like I gotta see season two. But it's there's just something about that show that's so Canadian. I know, like everybody, everybody that grew up here, it doesn't even matter where. Like as long as you're from this sort of southern Ontario area, yep, it's so it's so what you grew up yep. with. You got your you hips know? and your hockey players and your skids. So it's it's yeah. just it's like everything I went through in high school. You know, it's like we had people from Air that were, were the Hicks. You know what I mean? And then yep. we had the skid. Like I was with the skids, like listening to like punk and metal, and you know yep. what I mean? It's just yep. in the hockey play. It just it just resonates so well with everybody mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. So like it just when I saw that on there it jumped out right away i'm like letter kenny i'm like i gotta ask about that oh yeah it's it's it was so fun it was everything yeah. i wanted it to be for sure how many days you shoot up there that was just the one day but just hopefully day. there'll be some more coming up yeah. maybe and yeah we'll see what happens did you fly up to sudbury or did you drive i drove actually yikes how long was that drive uh four hours or something like that oh that's not as far north as i thought then no that's all right for some reason i was picturing sudbury being like six hours north no it's not quite that far yeah okay yeah. okay so it'd be like worse like driving like ottawa probably yeah yeah, yeah. Which I do all the time too. Yeah, I saw that too. You're back and forth from Ottawa and Montreal yep. uh, too. Eh? Yeah, tomorrow Montreal. Got to be there at 3 p.m. for a for a fitting. So. And you're driving. Driving. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> do you just drive because it's just easier than like taking a plane or cheaper than taking a plane? Like. Yeah. Because for me, there's nothing like getting like we went to Montreal, uh, Quebec City. I've never been to Montreal. Mm-hmm. I only landed in Montreal for a second to get on a plane to go to Quebec City. But we went to uh, Quebec City for four days and we contemplated driving and we looked at the time versus what it would take to drive we'd lose a whole almost a whole day in driving mm-hmm. or at least a half day there and back right so it'd be like a full day total and we looked at what the cost of the flight was versus paying for gas money and, but there's nothing like getting on that plane and you're there in like an hour and a half and then you're just there I you know, know and it just you're not tired because the flight is short so yeah. like yeah it's just 
it's purely a money thing. That's pretty much why I drive. Cheaper and, to drive. And, and eh? also just to have my own car there is nice. And so yeah, that's even true. Because you're going to have to, the flights from in Canada are ridiculously yeah. oh, expensive, I right? I know. So, I mean, I might as well just drive. And then yeah. once, I, once I got there, I'd have to rent a car anyway, too. So yeah, that's true. You know, just because all these locations and studios are, are, in, are way far from the airport. So, you know, yeah. you need a vehicle. Yeah, we we didn't take a car like we d- obviously because we flew, and then we were contemplating renting a car. But once we got there and saw that Quebec City, like everything is pretty tight in Quebec City. Like you could walk, you know, within like forty five minutes, you could be basically anywhere that you wanted to be that was significant to be in Quebec City. Mm-hmm. You know, restaurants and like we went and saw Cirque du Soleil when we were there. Nice. And so we didn't bother renting a car, but definitely like I love having my own car. Like mm-hmm. people are always like, oh, if you're coming to Toronto, like to skate or whatever, just you know, jump on the train or take a bus and you're here in like an hour and a half. And Mm. it's like, yeah, but then I don't have a car. Exactly. Then I got to figure out how to get back to like that terminal and get back home. Like there's something to be said for just having your own wheels. Yes. You got to have it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, totally. Maybe if you grow up in that area, then it's a bit easier. But if you grow up having a car and you're, especially in this area, you need a car. uh, Yeah. Then you're just used to it. You need that. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've never been without a car since I was like 16 years old. Like as soon as I got my license, um, my mom gave me, basically gave me her van and, and like that. I mean, you talk about freedom mm-hmm. when you're 16 years old and someone says, yeah, I'm not really working right now. So you can drive my van whenever you want. Just make sure you put gas in it. Yeah. That's Are you kidding awesome. me? Like it was amazing. Yeah. And then I, then she started working on her, her van and I bought a car and mm-hmm. so I've never been without. And so these, for these people in Toronto, like they're used to taking transit. They're used to going over the place. But like you said, when you live here, you get used to that sense of freedom of knowing you can just be f- 10 minutes from your car, five minutes from your car, and then you can go wherever. Exactly. You know, it feels so good. I guess if you own a car in Toronto, you'd always have to pay for parking and everything too. And the traffic well, yeah. is crazy. So I, I guess I, I mean, I don't blame for not having cars. I would hate to drive every day in Toronto. Like yeah. you couldn't pay me enough for it. If I lived there, of course I would use transit. Yeah. Like it's, it's no contest. Like that's definitely what I would do. But I mean, like you said, being from here and being used to it, it just feels weird going there without a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I hate driving into Toronto because it takes, I just went there to, um, do you know Imini who lives yeah. in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. So I went to visit Imini. It took me two hours to get down there. Mm-hmm. Two hours. It shouldn't take two hours to drive less than a hundred kilometers, uh, but it did. And it was, maj- the majority of it was from basically like the, um, yeah, I don't know, the e- more like the eastern end of Mississauga. As soon as you just yeah. pass Mississauga, before you're even out of it. Like Mavis here, Ontario, yep. area always slows down. It just yeah. blocked, and you're just literally like going 20 kilometers an hour or less until you're in downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it just, that's like an hour and 15 minutes. It's just that, you know? So oh, it's my life, man. I, yeah, I don't life. know how you do it. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you say you'd like yeah. driving to... Toronto is one thing, but like if I had to drive to Montreal and Ottawa all the time and stuff like that, I would just yeah. Be at least the Montreal drive, there's no traffic. It's just a yeah. you know straight highway. It's just boring. Which but way do you go that way? That there's no traffic. Just 401 the whole way. Well, there's got to be traffic. You got to well, hit it going through but Toronto. Not bad traffic. Uh, yeah. Okay. I take the 407 though. <laughs> I oh, go yeah. above Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I go around, and that's then now the way to do it. They just rebuilt. They just extended the 407 to the 412, I guess, and mm-hmm. takes you down to the 401 now. So yeah, it's uh, it's handy. You got to pay for it, but it's handy. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to drive. Like if anytime somebody says, oh, let's just take the 401 right into Toronto, it just, it kills me. Mm-hmm. It makes me absolutely nuts. Yep. Um, are you, speaking of traveling, are you still traveling with the, with the stunt performers you were traveling with? Was it the crazy crew? Crazy crew stunt team. Yep. Are you still doing that? Uh, a little bit, a yeah. little bit. I've, uh, I've kind of geared down a little bit the, the, the far traveling, right. um, just because this, 
my film career kind of takes priority and it just uh, oh, sure it pays would. the bills a little Absolutely. easier. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, some local stuff I still do. Because you guys did like that Canada's Got Talent too. Like you were on TV with that with that crew, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that was like five years yeah, ago now. Yeah, it was a while ago now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we did well. We semifinals for that and... Um, yeah, I'm pretty much the only rollerblader on the team. Right. Kevin Lapierre actually sometimes fills in too. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Yeah, because he's what's he's just got a gig doing something on skates. Yeah, he's. I think he might be doing. Is it Cirque du Soleil? I think it is Cirque du Soleil. I think he might be. Yep. Now that you say that, I think it is. I and I, they were just telling some of the guys are just telling me about it from Toronto that know him um, better than better than I do. I've I've not even met him. So. Um, but they were telling me like, yeah, he just he just got that job, and like that's awesome exposure not only for the sport, but even just for him. Totally. Like you know to get into stuff like what you're doing, like the the stunt stuff. Somebody sees that and they want something along those lines. And mm-hmm. You know, there's contacts there, so it's awesome to see guys in the industry getting stuff like what you're doing, what he's doing, and also getting some exposure to the sport. Mm-hmm. Like your billboard in in New York's Times Square was yeah, insane that was cool. For <laughs> what was that energy? That or was the called the Fuel One. Fuel One, the yeah. supplement brand. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, they're not around anymore. It, like, I mean, that company's around, but the brand, that brand of that company, yeah, just that it wasn't working for them. So yeah. you know, it, it kind of died off. That's too bad for you. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, to tell you the truth, it wasn't the best quality stuff anyway. <laughs> So I felt a little bad about it. <laughs> Whatever. Like I'm a pretty healthy guy. So, yeah. you know, I felt like I was in a bit of a dilemma with that one. But, yeah. you know. I was going to ask you about that too. Like speaking of like your health, like obviously fitness is important to you for your job. But like mm-hmm. what's your like regimen? Like are you just, are you working out like five days a week? Like what are you doing? Um, I would say going to the gym and working out probably twice a week. Yeah. Um, just because I don't always want to be sore. Like right, I, right. I, I need to... Uh, um, be agile and be able to yeah. move and everything right. for other things. So I kind of split it up between like every day I need to do something. That's yeah. You're you active know? all the time. Yeah. Like just from your social media, I know you're busy every day yeah. doing something. Yeah. So I, like, like today, for example, I went skating and yeah. I, uh, and then I'm playing basketball tonight. Yep. Um, you know, and then tomorrow maybe some skydiving or something, you yeah. know, and, uh, I just change it up. I have to do something every day, a different discipline, whether it's yeah. parkour or gymnastics or whatever. Um, what's your, what's your nutrition like? Like, what do you, what do you, are you sticking to like some kind of a strict diet or are you just um, sort of watching what you eat or I'm what? not like crazy strict. I, I like to get like pretty much organic stuff. Yep. Um, during the day I eat very clean, mm-hmm. nice clean breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, lots of protein, eggs, um, veggies, avocado, yep, yep. Uh, that kind of thing. Lots of salads, dinners are looking like, like chicken, and a veggie or something like yeah. that. So you you're know? not like, you're not depraving yourself to stay no. like lean. You're just no, you're no, eating, no. still eating well. You're yeah. just eating the right stuff. Yeah. Right? I'm a, I'm a meat eater. Like yeah. I, if I don't eat meat, I don't have a lot of energy. Oh, I find buddy, so I, I, I got I have yeah. to eat it. No, and, I know. Uh, My wife tried to go vegan for like a year and it just, it killed me. Yeah. I was trying, I was trying real hard to support her, but like, like there were days where I'd say to her, you eat what you want. I got to get some meat. Cause totally. like there was just, my body would crave it. It was insane. Yeah. You know? And some people yeah. say, Oh, you get over that. It's like, I never got over it. It yeah. was, it was a good solid, I'll say 10 months. We tried that mm-hmm. and she, even she couldn't do it. Like there were days she's like, let's get, let's get a piece of chicken. It's like, tough. like, yeah, you crave you know? it, you know, oh, absolutely. It gives you so much energy. Oh, and it, it does. Just, it fills you up. Absolutely. You know? Protein, man. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, usually we'll try to get like either the free from stuff with no antibiotics yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. like, Us or too. something like sustainably raised. Yeah. Like, you know, you see like the, how the way some of these animals are treated. Like, oh yeah. I think about that, you know? So. Absolutely. Me too. And, and like, 
you know, I like to eat meat, but like you said, I also like to look out for the animals that like, you know, so anytime I can get like free range eggs or free range, like chicken yeah. or like you said, like the free from stuff's not so bad as it not being, you know, it's not being, well, you don't know, you, you're kind of trusting the, the brand that they're not filling it full of hormone or yeah. uh, antibiotics and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, definitely like it's, it's awful the way they're treated. Like Mike, um, Mike St. Hubbins, who I skate with mm-hmm. quite a bit, like he works for, um, the beef association the beef farmers association yep. and he just says like actually cattle is treated really very well in canada oh really Compa- yeah compared okay. to a lot of other animals so that made me feel good because i'm like a big steak guy i yeah. love eating like you me know too. cow so yeah it's just <laughs> to hear that they're treated pretty well compared to the rest of the animals i was like that makes me feel good because that's probably the majority of the yeah. meat that i eat is like steak or like mm. hamburger or whatever else right for sure um skydiving you mentioned yes that's new to you right like you just started yeah. that this it's 2016? Yeah. I, when was it? I think it was 20... must have been last summer, right? Uh, it wasn't this... When was it now? I think it was about almost two years ago, a year and a half ago. No, it couldn't have been that long ago. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Holy cow, time flies. I know. Because it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't this past winter I started. It was the winter before that. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. So I went down to... Well, first of all, I did a tandem for my first yep. time. I think it was like five or six years ago mm-hmm. in Toronto. Okay. Kind of. Oh, so you had tried it before? Just a tandem. So, yeah, yeah. like, I had, I wasn't like solo. I was attached no. to the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to be loved the one to start, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, do you? I don't think you do. I think you can actually do. You can start your. Um, it's called your accelerated free fall course, AFF course. Why would you want that? <laughs> You think you'd want the security of like yeah. feeling what it's like with somebody first. I think it's a good idea. Uh, or, yeah, or at least yeah. go into the wind tunnel. <laughs> like I fly, that's in yeah. uh, Mississauga there. But um, that's not the same as jumping out of an airplane. It's not, but it will get you, <laughs> it will allow you to understand how to control yourself while in sure, free fall. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I can, that I can understand. But like I, I would want to be with somebody that's experienced first because yeah. like, what if you panic, <laughs> you know, and you don't, you don't remember what to do. Like yeah. that's, that would be in the back of my mind. But again, that's the difference between me and you. Like <laughs> there's it, a reason I'm not a stuntman well, and you are. That's the thing. It's a very similar skydiving and, and, um, being under that pressure and be, being able to act under that pressure is yeah. very similar to being, uh, to, uh, acting under the pressure on set. It's a, it's a, it's a very similar feeling to me. Yeah. So, um, it was, it's a nice transition. And even though that skill may not ever um, directly translate to my, um, stunt career. Yeah. Um, it's still like in my mind, it's, I'm I'm training my mind to be able to get over these fears and different things, you know? And, uh, especially like, um, visualizing before every jump, we're always visualizing what kind of jump we're going to do and, uh, following through with all of those things and not panicking and and doing stupid things. Like, like bringing that skill over to um, stuff on set, it really helps. Sure. Yeah. So and maybe one day I'll be I'll be able to skydive on set. That's yeah. like the ultimate goal. That'd be awesome. So we'll see what happens with that. That like thinking back to that first time, even the tandem jump. Yep. What's that like when that door opens and you're looking down? Like how like how high up are you? Like how high how high up do they take you? Thirteen thousand five hundred feet. Wow. So that's about four kilometers up in the air. Fuck that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. As the soon first as that time, door opened, I'd be like, no. Nope. First time it was crazy. I remember driving there. I was going with a couple of friends, and uh, we were all doing tandems, and we were all just saying, like, "Why are we doing this? Like, yeah. why are we gonna throw ourselves out of a perfectly good airplane?" Yeah, exactly. Classic line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know what? The worst part is the anticipation of it and going yeah. up in the plane. Oh, I'll bet. As soon as the door opens, 
I mean, that that's when it gets real. Like your blood's pumping. You're like, and you're like walking towards the door. You're like, oh no, no. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you jump and that's the easiest part. Yeah. Once now you're just well, falling. Once you're floating, that's it. Like, yeah. Like it, it doesn't feel like you're falling so much. Maybe for the first like second or two. You don't get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like eh, on a, like a roller coaster. Maybe for the first second. But yeah. after that, no, all you feel is wind resistance. It honestly feels like you're floating. Wow. It's really, really cool. That is not what I expected you to say. Like I just like when you see those guys free falling, even in your pictures, like you, you see you're free falling and like you see their faces like pulling and their other skin on their arms yeah. pulling. Yeah. I just picture it feels like you're just traveling as fast as you can toward the ground and you that's how it would feel but mm. to hear you say that it almost feels like you're just floating like with the air pushing yeah. against you that's at wild. least at least in a standard like belly position yeah that's what it feels like now right. you can go faster you can change your body position you dive, so right? yeah you can go head down like a yeah. crazy dive and that's when you're going really quick oh i'll bet or in like a head up standing position yeah or in a sit fly position those are all faster the vertically the yeah. vertical ones um and then you, you can hear the wind speed start to pick up and you, you know you're going quick yeah and then when you switch back to a belly position, then you're like, it really slows you down and yeah. kind of, you have to, uh, the wind's trying to make you unstable a little bit. Right. You have to fight for that stability when you're going that quick to slow down. But, uh, and you started doing all that, all those like sort of like with, for lack of a better term, like those fancy like type tricks. Like as soon as you were basically solo jumping, you were starting to do that stuff. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I've had some, some buddies actually this believe it or not, the same ones that I met at the skate park way long ago. Yeah. I'm still hanging out with these guys and they're skydiving. They've been doing it for a while. Wow. And I got into it kind of because of them too. And, uh, so they've been jumping with me and they have their, and my one buddy, Braden, he has his wingsuit coaching rating and everything now. And he, so he's teaching me stuff and yeah. he's, uh, he's going to hopefully teach me to wingsuit pretty soon too. I have to get to 200 jumps before I start wingsuiting, but that'll happen soon. That wingsuiting is crazy stuff. Yeah. Like there was a, I, I was listening to a podcast. I, I think it was Joe Rogan, but I can't remember. There was a, there's a guy on there who holds the record for like the longest, like wingsuit jump. Hmm. like for the longest distance traveled. Okay. So, and now he wants to take it even further. He wants to actually not even deploy his chute. He wants to jump with some kind of apparatus that has wheels on it. Hmm. And he wants to land his wingsuit. Okay. Which to me sounds insane. Yes. Like wingsuiting, <laughs> wingsuiting in general sounds crazy because yeah. like, well, I mean like with a parachute or not a parachute, sorry, like the jumping out of a plane like that's one thing but then these guys that wingsuit like along like like base jumping yeah, yeah. and they're wingsuiting along like those canyons like those guys like dial it's like that is a hazard of that hobby and it's yeah. not a profession i mean maybe if you're like hooked up with a red bull or something like that yeah but for i bet you for the majority of those guys it's a basically a crazy like adrenaline fueled hobby pretty much and the risk is there that they can just hit that wall at any time yeah and it just it's such an insane thing for me to see but Again, like it takes like a certain type of person to be into that, yeah. you know, it's just, it's so not me. Yeah. And that's why like I ask you those questions, like what's it like when you open that door and look down? Because I will never experience that. Like I know myself, I'm no. not, I'm not going to jump out of a plane. Okay. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to bungee jump. Like it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just not me. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. So like I, I find myself asking these people that do these kind of things, like, you know, what goes through your mind when you're doing that stuff? Mm-hmm. Like uh, you, you must have bungee jumped before. I actually haven't yet. You haven't bungee jumped yet? No. I figured uh, you would have done that on the before list you of things to do. Yeah. Um, I guess skydiving appeals more to me because there's skill involved. Mm-hmm. Bungee jumping, you're just hooking yourself up and jumping. Yeah. I mean, there's, you just, I mean, not that it wouldn't be fun. As oh, I'm sure yeah. it would I'm, be. I'm, yeah. I can uh, imagine. I, I can imagine that's probably the closest simulation to a base jump you can get without yeah. actually base jumping. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I would like to try it. I know Whistler has a really good one. Maybe oh, we'll yeah. Maybe go out there and do that at some point. Yeah. I, I just, I know bungee jumping is like, I know it's safe. 
like especially if you're doing it in Canada or the mm-hmm. states, yeah. for the most part, it's safe. The, the you, nothing is really going to happen, and I'm sure that it's a ton of fun once you once you bring yourself to the point of letting go and jumping over the edge. Yeah. But for me, it's that it's just like with skating. Like the reason I never got real good at skating because I can't get over the idea of what could happen. Mm. And and skydiving, bungee jumping is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's bringing myself to the point of being able to be okay with jumping off a perfectly good platform, a perfectly good airplane. It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. You know, until I'm in a situation where I have to do it and it's like life or death, I don't think I would ever have, I don't think I would ever do it. Yeah. But yeah. like, it just, it just seems so nuts, especially like that base jumping and the wingsuiting. Like it, the, those guys just, they seem almost like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a it's different lifestyle really. It's all about, at least for me, it's like conquering fears. Like I feel so good if yeah. I can conquer a fear right. and learn something new. Mm-hmm. It's like the best feeling for me. It just re- releases all these endorphins or whatever. Yeah. And oh, like, I'll bet. Man, like even just like even just flipping out of the bowl at the auditorium, even yeah. today, like, you know, the backflip I was doing the other mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. not on Instagram. Yeah, I did. So I just did another one of those today. I haven't done it for a week. So yeah, I mean, I still get a little nervous before I'm doing it. Cause whatever. It's a little bit unfamiliar still yeah, or whatever. Sure. But then I just went and did it and like, damn, like landed perfectly. It feels good. I'll like, bet. Yeah. And you just know, like, like, yeah, I still got this. Like, well, skating is one of those things where like my progression was slow because I have like a bit of like this, these fears I have a hard time getting over, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right. As soon as you learn something once and you get confident doing it, there's no better feeling. Exactly. You know, you've gotten over that fear. You're, you're, you've gained a new skill. Like you said, you're learning something new. It, it feels awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I under, completely like relate to what you're saying. Yeah. There. It just makes you feel alive kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like, like I was just listening to a guy like on Facebook, I think it was, um, professor Jordan Peterson was saying that same thing. Like, um, you know, like you have to respect these kids that are out there skateboarding or, or leave, I think he said, leave them alone mm-hmm. because they're actually like living life in that moment. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing something that could result in severe injury or death. It's danger. It's pushing yourself to the edge of danger, which he, which is what he says life is all about. Yep. And he's a super smart guy. Like, I don't know if you know who he is, a professor of psychology, um, at the university of Toronto. Okay. He was in some Serious controversy. I would I would love to listen to that guy talk. Like I almost want to take his classes just to listen to him mm-hmm. give his lectures. Um, he was into some severe like controversy about um, these like these gender pronouns. People that don't want to be necessarily referred to as he or she. Mm. And he was saying gender is binary. It's male female. Right. And why why do I have to now bend to what everybody wants me to call them and remember and if I don't remember because Canada just made it a law that if you if somebody asks you and, I, and don't quote me this is not like the law word for word I'm not a lawyer I don't know but from what I understand of the law is if somebody asks you to call them a specific gender pronoun and you even if you forget and call them the wrong gender pronoun the next time if you say oh you know take him with you go down the hall to get that and take him with you and that person takes offense you're now breaking the law and so he was really against this and he you know and but he's such a smart guy and, and then to see him on facebook talking about something completely unrelated to that finally now he's he's back to teaching he's been back teaching since january and um because i think they made him take like a year off or almost a year off or something crazy like that 
and now he's back teaching and giving these lectures and people are now starting to post clips and he's such a smart guy mm-hmm. and he's absolutely right like the stuff we do especially like yourself with this like alternative sports and the action sports and the stunt the stunt work you're you're pushing yourself to your absolute limits you're pushing yourself like to the edge of danger like he says and that is life otherwise if you're just completely safe and bubble wrapped the whole time what's the point of being alive you well, know, exactly you it's know? like it's like a ship in in shore or in yeah. harbor yeah yeah that's you never great. you're safe you're safe but that's not what ships are meant for. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be out, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, that take on it. Where else have you been skating lately? Uh, a lot of local stuff lately. Yeah. I love the skate parks around here. There's so many around here now. Kitchener's got a couple of awesome ones. Man, I couldn't ask for more. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, the Forest Heights Park they just built, it's great. Yeah. The Odd is still a, such a classic park. I love it so mm-hmm. much. It's an oldie, but it, I, it is a goodie. I, I rarely, I might go there once a year. Yeah. With Milton, like... You know, tr- yeah. with being so close, Milton mm-hmm. is just... And you know what? I want to hit up Milton with you again soon because the, I love that. One. Have you seen the new I one? I haven't been to the new one yet, no. It's Good? amazing. Yeah? Yeah, it's it's intimidating for me because, again, like, my skill is not where it should be. But for a guy like you, you'd love it. Okay. There's an amazing, like, banked bowl that, like, almost like a half bowl, like, mm-hmm. a, like a wall that goes up. It's a quarter, but it's, like, it's curved and it's, you know, it's just awesome. And nice. then there's, like, all kinds of, like, low rails there and, you know, you, cool. you'd have an amazing time there. Nice, but nice. yeah, we should we should definitely make a plan to go up there on a Saturday or a Sunday and, Absolutely. and check it out because it's amazing. I've been there a couple times now, but the old park there is such a classic as well. Like, well, that box they yeah, have there perfect. is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love how it's got the rounded rails on it. Best quarter, I think, like of any park yeah. I've been to. It's just yeah. an amazing size quarter. It's just the right size. The coping is awesome. Yeah, yeah, all the rails are fun there. Yeah, yeah it's a good place to go. I was, uh, the last time I was with you in Kitchener, or one of the last times, was when I was having not such a good time at the <laughs> at the Fisher Hallman park, uh, not Fisher Hallman, McLennan. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that was another thing I was going to ask you about because, like, our like I've always had a hard time being a positive guy, but you seem to be such a positive guy. Like you're uh, mm-hmm. you're like the completely op- opposite spectrum of me. You're so positive. Mm-hmm. How much of that like good attitude do you like do you think is attributed to like your success and like your your industry? Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah I'm a real. Um believer in manifesting your own reality and stuff like that yeah and uh yeah i believe if you're if you're grateful truly grateful for everything you have right now yeah then more of that will keep coming to you you're just putting good vibes out in the universe and they keep coming back to you so yeah i'm i'm trying to be that way more and more like i mean what what you're saying is the exact same thing that's coming out of my wife's mouth like she's like you got to be more positive it's it's such a hard thing to to change when you, you know, I've just been in that mindset for some reason. I've just been stuck in this mindset my whole life. Yeah. It's just always been the way I am. And well, you're know. just going to feel better if you're positive. Yeah. Like things are just life is everything's brighter. Everything's happier. Yeah. Like, you know, it's that's a, exactly how I see you. Like when I see like when I, when I see you in person, when I see you like on Instagram and Facebook, you just seem to be having such a good time. And, it's it's almost hard to see anything negative come your way because you're putting out such good vibes. And that, I figured you would say that, but I, I had to ask that question. Oh. I mean, the name of the show is I got to ask and I have yeah. to ask these questions, <laughs> but I almost already know the answer, you know, and like uh, guys like uh, Kyle Shingler, who like, uh, you know, I met a couple of years ago through yep. Warren. I think they can't say the better things about you, oh. you know, and so it's it's awesome to to like have met you and be like now have you sitting here with me and again I can't say how much I appreciate you coming oh, down thank here. Thank you. I appreciate you didn't, it. You didn't have to do this and, and I, I think it was awesome. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for the opportunity. It's oh fun. absolutely man. Anytime. Anytime. And like if you want to do it again someday if this goes good and I keep doing it absolutely. come down anytime you're, you know you're welcome. Hey. If you want to plug something and if you know if this starts getting any kind of an audience and you want to come down and plug feel free. Great. Like, thank we'll you. Do a show anytime. That's awesome. Um, I was going to ask you about something else now. I can't remember what it was now. 
Oh, the slacklining. Are you still uh, doing the slacklining? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's more of just like a fun hobby thing. Yeah. But uh, I mean, nothing too, too crazy on it. Just uh, balancing back and forth. That seems like fun. a really cool thing to try. I've never I've never done it, but like it and like it's not quite like tightrope, right? Because it's slack. That's why it's called slack. Yeah. Lining. And a tightrope is, is it's just that it's a rope where it's yeah. like a slack line. It's like a ratchet strap, basically. Yeah. So it's. They can you make it as tight as you want then? Yep. Oh, you can. OK. Totally. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yep. And like the tighter it is, the easier it is. So, um, yeah, you kind of work your way um, looser, I guess, to, you know, and just progress your way there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, you just kind of, you can balance across it. You can do whatever you want. It's very freestyle. You mm-hmm. can flip off of it and do some cool dismounts or something. Does it have any, like, uh, elasticity to it at all? Or is it just the fact that it's, like, strung across two objects that makes it, that gives it that springness? There might be a tiny bit, yeah. but not not much. Yeah, it's, it's mostly that. Yeah. Um, that was cool. I yeah. saw you set it up across your pool. Yeah. <laughs> Doing stuff across yeah. your pool. That's At least if you fall, there's no real danger. True. You just fall into the water. Right? That's true. Yeah. You can still nut yourself pretty good on it, though. <laughs> can you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's uh, surprising I've, to hear. I've done that a couple of times. Like, you see that kid like on America's Got Talent. He like bounces on it like with his like like right between his legs it's like how are you doing that without hurting yourself yeah it's all about placement <laughs> yeah like, uh, but if yeah sometimes it catches you off guard and you slip and i've gotten it r- right up there before Ooh. and it flipped me right over onto my head yeah it's fun <laughs> <laughs> it's good times yeah um but yeah over the pool's fun it's tricky because if you fall once it, the water splashes up and it makes it slippery so if you want to try it a second oh, time right. it's a lot trickier right because it's got a little bit of texture to it but i would assume it's made of like yeah, nylon there's probably, not much right? there's a bit of a like a, there's like a graphic that they put on the top of it yeah, and yeah. that has a little bit of grip to it yeah. but yeah once it's wet it's pretty slippery what else you've been getting up to other um, like besides like skating and and stunting like i know you i saw you were doing some um some tomahawk throwing yeah 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 I, I love that stuff um can you do that like in your backyard like is it safe yeah. enough to do that in your backyard yeah as long as there's yeah. not people around within you well know. you have no backdoor neighbors like you were telling me before right yeah exactly so i do it in the i bring it out into the park i've uh, I oh, built yeah. myself like a wood target yeah 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 and just um, like a target frame with a piece of plywood on it it's um there's no plywood actually it's all two by fours and i just oh really i just have them like lined up right side by side and, and it holds up to oh, the it holds up oh yeah it's like pine so it's soft wood so yeah, it yeah. takes the uh, axe nicely and sticks into it um and uh, that way if you do it different pieces um if when they start to wear down which it will from axes yeah. you know then you can just replace each board piece by piece if you need to yeah you know um but yeah i just do it in the park behind our house put it up against a tree when there's no people around and then yeah yeah go nuts yeah i really wanted to try that like they have um like axe throwing is getting huge now. Yeah, it's so popping up everywhere. A, you see the battle axe places. It's yeah. like backyard axe throwing. League, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. What it stands for. There's and that one, and there's another one. Oh, there's yeah? another brand that's out there too. It's like there's the backyard axe throwing league, and then there's another one. It's called I think it's called Bad Axe. Okay. Bad axe axe throwing or something. Cool. And and they're popping up everywhere now. Hmm. And I really want to try it, but like I just it's one of those things I haven't been out there, and it was the kind of thing I contemplated like opening one up here or seeing about a franchise because like you know i'm not working right now and i thought what you know what a great thing to invest in because it seemed to just be exploding Mm -hmm. but the problem is they're everywhere now before you like once you get that idea somebody else has already had it they're already doing it that's like um like sky zone too with like the trampoline park and stuff yeah everywhere now yeah i know yeah well cambridge even has one i mean cambridge has one like yeah we don't don't even have a friggin pool hall anymore like you know let alone like now they have trampolines where you can go and rent the whole place out yeah man i wish that was around when i was younger yeah no kidding awesome i know 
that's what I mean. Like all this stuff's popping up now and it'd be nice to have this stuff around when we were kids. Yeah. Like even like the skate parks that we were talking about, there was nothing when we were kids exactly. and now they're everywhere. Right? Oh, well, so we're still young enough, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you <do> are. <laughs> well, once your knee's better, you'll be on there. Yeah, for sure. I know. Yeah. I hope so. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this stupid knee, but I, I don't think I'm going to have surgery for it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's telling me like I should have surgery and it's like surgery is like, it's not a long recovery, but it's a tough recovery and you still need a brace anyway. Yeah. So I might as well just buy the brace and wear the brace, but then I, I hate wearing braces and pads. Like it just, yeah. they, I feel so restricted, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this is not the kind of thing I want to go through. So I just, I've been kind of easing just wearing like one of those thin, like neoprene braces just to hold stuff together yep. when I go out and look up some stem cell stuff too. Oh God, I wish we could do it. Like, yeah. you know, that's another thing I hear a lot about on, on the podcast I listen to, like just you know, get shot stem cells and it's amazing what they can do. You I know, think they can almost a, regrow a tissue. A friend of mine who, well, they do regrow. Who, I think he, he doubled Deadpool actually on the first one for a while, but he had a, a wow. bad knee injury as well. Yeah. And I think he ended up going that route. I think he went in to Canada. Europe, oh no. He yeah. Went to yeah. Europe or Sorry. something and did it. Yeah. He's a Russian guy. Well, so. that's it. And, that, and that's where they're more progressive with that stuff. Like Europe, even the States now is getting a lot better with it. And yeah. like you can, you can pay for it in the States. That's the advantage. Mm-hmm. They, they want those technologies to be like always on the forefront down there because if you have the money, you can get it yep. here because it's basically free. Like we pay through it, obviously through our like taxes and stuff, mm-hmm. but here, like they don't really care so much about being on the cutting edge of injury, healing injuries mm-hmm. because you don't need to be like here. It's, it's free. It's like, I oh, will heal you up and it takes six weeks, take six weeks. That's what it is. Yep. And yeah, you might have a stiff knee for the rest of your life. Big deal. You know, but down in the States, if you're an athlete and you have the money, you can get stem cell. You can get that. You've heard about that weird one where they like spin your blood. They heat it up and spin it. No, it's it's called Regenikine. So they take your own blood out of your body. They put it in a centrifuge and they, they heat it mildly. And as it spins, this yellow like substance like separates from your blood hmm. and they inject that back in. And it has like an insane like anti-inflammatory like effect. No kidding. So you get like you get like basically almost like instant relief from like joint pain and uh, injuries heal up way quicker. Oh, cool. And like, we're not going to have that here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just not going to see that here. And if it is, it's not going to be for 20 years mm-hmm. and you know, it'll be old news in the States and Europe and yeah. you know, we won't have it. Yeah. And for a guy like in your industry, like that could be a game changer. Yes. That could be the difference between continuing a career or retirement. If something know? like that happened to me, I would a hundred percent go do something like that yeah. somehow. You'd have, to. You'd have to figure it out. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to live my life in pain. Yeah. There's no way. Not not with the active lifestyle I need to live to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm probably going to have to do something like that when down the road when arthritis kicks in or something. Yeah. With all the impacts that I subject my body to. So oh, I can imagine. We'll see. I can <laughs> imagine. what happens. My dad's knee isn't doing so well right now. That's for oh, yeah? sure. So. What happened to him? Oh, just no cartilage in his knee or anything. It's just worn down. Just worn. Arthritis kind of thing. Yeah. Is he going to get a replacement? He's looking into it, but you know. My mom did it. Yeah. She was 60, 60. Yeah. No, sorry, 59 when she had it done mm. last year. And uh, I mean, six weeks later, she was walking around in stiff and pain. Right. And 12 weeks later, you couldn't tell she had a knee replacement. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. It, it, just insane how fast like that people can heal and recover from those um, surgeries because right. they're so good at them now. They're so routine. You Do know? you have to get those replaced though eventually? They say they're good for like, basically what he told my mom was like, you're almost 60 now. You're not going to have to replace the skin right. before you die. Sure. Like I suppose if you did it when you were like, if you had a bad injury and you blew your knee completely to pieces and they had to put a new knee in there, you'd probably have to do it again in 30 years right. or whatever. But it's all like, 
you know, high grade plastics and, and like stainless steels and things like that. And I, I think there's very little steel. I think a majority of it is plastic. Okay. And, um, and like, I mean, that surgery was no time flat. We waited at the hospital while she had it. She was in and out hmm. and then she was in, don't get me wrong. She was in a lot of pain for the first few days, week, mm. but it tapered off. And like, I, like I'm telling you, like a couple weeks later, she was up and they want you to walk. They say, you got to walk, you got to get up. And my mm. mom's going, how the hell am I going to walk? You know, she's like laid up for the first week, just panicking. How am I going to get up and walk and bend this knee? Cause they want you to start bending it right away. Yeah. But you've got all your ligaments stretched. You've got scar tissue forming. You've got a, an open wound down from, you know, from here to here on your yeah. knee. It's like eight inches long, mm-hmm. but she did it. She went to the physio the, the next week. They got her bending it. It was painful. Yeah. And like I said, like she was up with a walker in a couple of weeks. And before you knew it, she was walking around, like running around like nothing happened. Awesome. And she got a brand new knee, right? So, I mean, there is something to be said for those kind of surgeries. You know, I'm not going to say tell your dad not to do it, but mm-hmm. I mean, like for what it is, it, it could really improve his quality of life. Yep. I, mean, I don't know what kind of like activity or, or level of fit, well, uh, he, physical activity he's at right now. Know, he his plays hockey and stuff. Oh yeah. Then he'd want it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like you like said, like guys like guys like you, I mean, even guys like me, like I sit, if I sit around, if it rains, like it's raining right now, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize, but yeah. if it's a rainy day and I got to sit around for a day and not do anything, some days I'm okay with it. But if you get a day or two or three of that in a row, I start climbing the walls. Yep. Like I got to get out of this place. Okay. Even if it's just to go for a walk or go, you know, meet some guys to skate or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I got to get out and do something. Yeah. And for these people that like, you know, they get these injuries and they just call it a day. Yeah. That's it. And then they just sit around. Like yeah, it's, it's not just, good enough. No, no. Like no. when I broke my ankle, like it was a tough oh, healing God. process. For I can that imagine what that was like for you. Oh man. Just, just the first few weeks, just with the level of pain I was in yeah. too, like just the swelling and everything. Yeah. I never realized that that, that, that was going to be so bad. He's like, I remember getting up in the middle of the night and having to slide along the floor to the bathroom because I had to keep my my foot elevated because mm-hmm. the throbbing was so bad. Wow! I couldn't even handle it. Like, I, like it took my breath away. How much it hurt? Did so, they give you painkillers for it? Um, you know what? I don't even think they did. Wow. I should have taken them, but yeah, they're, they're scary too, though, man. You know, like, like yeah. You know, all that stuff like Percocets and like uh, Oxys and all that stuff. That you, it's such a weird thing. Like, you, you know, I like even Tylenol 3s. Mm-hmm. Like my doctor, I hurt my tailbone and it still hurts. Like I, I've heard it probably, God, with like, you know, all the crap I've done with like through mountain biking and rollerblading and snowboarding. I've probably hurt my tailbone at least a dozen times that I can remember. And I heard the tailbone doesn't heal either. It, it depends how you hurt it. Right. Like you can crack it and it takes forever to heal. Like. Like just sitting on these chairs right now, I have to keep adjusting because every once in a while I'll sit on it and like a minute later or two minutes later, I'll start to feel like a pain. Okay. And like I, the last time I heard it was a year ago. Hmm. It was this time last year. And so my doctor, I told him about it. I'm like, every once in a while, I just get this uncomfortable feeling in my tailbone. I can't sit. It, I, sometimes I can't sleep if I'm laying the, the, you know, in a weird position. He goes, well, I'll give you some Tylenol 3s. So like you don't have to take them and they're good for a long time. Put them in the cupboard. I take two of those things and it's just Tylenol 3s. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit of codeine. Mm-hmm. And it's like... You know, like you hear like that, like stoner rock music just start playing in your head. Like everything just starts getting like you feel great. Yeah. And it takes the pain away. But that's a dangerous place to be in. No man. kidding. And it's no, no surprise. People get hooked on those things. Yeah. You know, like and, and so like when you get an injury like that, they oftentimes want to prescribe you like pain meds and then they want to like limit them. But it's kind of weird because you, you want to manage your pain, but also you don't <laughs> you don't want to abuse the painkillers. Yeah. Right? And I remember like I. uh 
back like probably six or seven years ago now, I, I had viral meningitis, which isn't very really? fun. I did. You didn't get uh, immunized for that in, I in high school? I did. It was and you still well, got bacterial. It? I got oh, yeah, bacterial. right, right. Now, when I went in, they thought I might have bacterial. Right. So they gave me a spinal tap and all this Ooh. stuff. It was real nasty. And... Uh, and they started me on these antibiotics and everything too. And it was a real nasty experience, but I'll bet. during my time in the hospital, I think it was four days I was there. They gave me Percocets too. So it's funny that you say that, but like, I remember like when they gave me that, I felt great. Oh yeah. Like I, everything was awesome. It's, you know, it's opiate, fuzzy man. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I was concerned about getting hooked on those two and yeah, I and stopped I, right away. <laughs> and that's why I'm surprised they don't do like, uh, like the, um, is it the morphine they give you and the morphine pump that they put you on? Like when you, like when my mom had the knee surgery, they put her on like a morphine drip and apparently you can't overdose on that stuff or there's, it's very hard. So they give you like, you basically can press it as many times as you need to. And it keeps giving you these, these, these doses. Right. And she was afraid to press it. And I said to her, listen, just press it. You're not going to get hooked on it. It's it, apparently you can't get addicted to that. But you, you start to understand how these other people can get hooked on these opiates mm. because it, like I was just talking to my dad about this recently, how I think I just lost my train of thought. I think I was going in a different direction, but um, I was just talking to my dad about these, these like painkillers the other day and how so many stories you see about these guys that are on these pills or, or girls on these pills. They doctor stops prescribing them. Now they got to go to the street to get them because they, not only are they used to the psychological effects that it gives them and the high that they get, but they're also, their body starts to feel pain. Like, and that's one thing I've always heard. Like once the way your body gets physically addicted to them is once you get off that, any little bit of pain is so heightened by Mm. like your brain just feels everything worse. So these people, they run out of it and they got to buy stuff on the street. And then before you know it, they can't afford it. It's too expensive. It's five, 10 bucks pill, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. But then the dealer says to them, well, you know, this is really expensive. You can buy heroin and it's a lot cheaper. And then they're hooked on heroin. And it's right. like, so you see how the progression goes and how easy some people fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's a slippery slope. You want to manage your pain. You don't want to be in pain, but also you don't want to get hooked on it. And, you know, like you said, it's it's instant. You just feel so good right away. Oh, yeah. Even taking a couple of Tylenol 3s, if you have like a bad headache or a bad, like a, a sore back, you take a couple of Tylenol 3s, man, that crap is gone instantly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just, five minutes later, you feel better. Mm-hmm. And not only do you feel better, you get a little bit of a buzz and you feel even better from that. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's really, it's a really weird sensation. Yeah. Absolutely. How yeah. long were you laid up with your ankle? Was it only six weeks? It was uh, six weeks for the cast, but it was a full six months till I was back to work. Yeah, because you so. have to get everything like sort of toned back up again. Yeah, right? well, build up the muscle. Uh, my uh, my calf definitely atrophied quite a bit. It was a lot smaller than my other one. Yeah, for um, that. And the mobility of my ankle was really terrible at first. Hmm. Like just trying to walk again. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got it off, like it felt so vulnerable. And I remember I was towards the end with the cast on, I was starting to put weight on it, thinking like, oh, this isn't going to be so bad. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel bad at all. Little did I know that once I got it off, it would feel like it was just not even my foot. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. Was it just because it was like every, compressing everything and keeping it all together, the cast? Like, I, I must have been, it some yeah. Support? It, yeah, just, it, it definitely provided support, mm-hmm. yeah, so I could put weight on it. Um, 
but when I tried to walk around with my crutches, like mm-hmm. after, right after that, it, it felt so weird. And, oh, I bet. I can't believe I'm even like, it feels totally normal now again. Like I, can't, I don't even think about it ever. No. It's totally they say normal. it heals stronger. Yeah, that's what they, they say. They say once the bone heals, it's better than before. But yeah. I, I don't know how that could be. I mean, you had a crack and thing, but apparently your body just reacts and makes it stronger. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, was uh, Were you living alone still that time or nope. was Sam living with nope. you? No, she was oh, living yeah. with me still. At least you had that help. Yeah, totally. She's a yeah. nurse too. So it Oh, really she helped. is? I yeah, didn't know that. she is, yeah. I That's mean, awesome. she's in maternity, that, that unit, but, still, uh, it's, you know, it's, still it's transferable. Knowledge. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had like a little wheelie cart and everything so I could bring stuff from the kitchen to the couch yeah. and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was not a fun time. What did you get up to when you were laid up? Just like lots of like reading and yeah, a lot of reading TV actually. Watching, and I, and yeah. I don't read much. Like usually I'm like outside every day doing stuff and yeah. I don't have the, um, I don't know the attention span or the patience to sit down and read very much, which is yeah. a downfall of mine. Like mm-hmm. I wish I would read more. I'd be, I'm in the same boat. Like I don't read a lot, but like every once in a while there's just like, I really like reading nonfiction. Okay. Like, um, like, uh, you know, like autobiographies are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well even biographies are good if they're written by the, by the right person. Yeah. Um, but then every once in a while, like an author comes along, like I have a buddy, uh, his name's Rio yours and he writes, uh, horror hmm. and like he's an amazing horror writer like I, I like his stuff I've read almost everything he's put out um, but again like it, it takes a lot to hold my attention mm-hmm. and I think with his books like he is an incredible writer I know he's an incredible writer but I, it helps that I know him because it makes me want to read the book but if it's like I really if I'm going to read a, like some kind of work of fiction I really got to dedicate myself to it because I just even if it's a great story I just I can't cling on to it like yeah. like with an autobiography it makes me it's a page turner because I know it's real mm-hmm. I know it's real I know like like I just finished reading about a month ago I just finished reading Slash's book which is an older one okay but what a great story that guy's had I mean and he's had a crazy life you know like literally the book is like on heroin off heroin on heroin off heroin wow. but just the stories that go along with that and I mean he's clean now but just the stories of you know what goes on in that world it's just so interesting to me. And like, I mean, like I'm a, like to consider myself a musician too. I'm not like the best musician in the world, but I'd like to play guitar. So it was, it was nice to flip through that and read and see what he went through from day one, right to where he was in the point in his career when the book wraps up, yep. which was, you know, like, I think it was like probably 10 years ago now that book was written, but, um, I can't sit down and, re- and read like that. But if you had an injury or you had like lots of time to kill, like it's, then it's definitely, good. Then yeah, it's good because you're still, you're going on a, since I can't go on, since I wasn't able to go on an adventure with yeah. my body, I could still do it with my mind. Yeah, totally. So that was pretty cool. And the right book will take you there. It, it does. You know, for sure. yep. it's like, it's like, you, like you, like I was saying before, if it's a good story, it'll take you there. But just God sitting down when I know I've got all these other distractions, it is so hard for me to sit down and read a book yeah. because like, I'm just thinking what's happening on Facebook right now. Like yeah. who is going where, like, you know, is there like a skate session going on? Is there, you know, what's happening on, on like Instagram? Like who's doing, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. all this stuff that Especially I Especially if it's like a nice day or something. Yeah. You know? Like I feel guilty for not being outside. And That's the other body. thing. That's the other thing. If it's a nice day out, I have a, it's impossible for me to read. Yeah. I, and like my wife loves nothing better than to, when we go on vacation to take a book mm-hmm. and sit in that lawn chair or that lawn chair, but like by the, by the pool at the resort or on the beach in one of those lounge chairs yep. reading a book. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be doing that. It's beautiful. I want to be swimming. I want to be like at the swim up bar meeting people yeah. and enjoying the weather and living life. 
and she lives it through like through those books and she loves it. Yeah. But it's just for me, it's like, yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that as we were just in Mexico too. And mm-hmm. I think it was March and every, oh, yeah. everyone else, my wife and all of the friends we went with, they all brought books and they're all sitting along the pool reading their books. And I'm like, yeah, no. I want to go play volleyball like yeah. or swim or something, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I just need where, to be active. Where did you go? We were in Cancun. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We were just there. Oh God, not just there. It was, it was two years ago now we were okay. there. Yeah. Um, uh, how was it? It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you stay? Do you I'm trying to remember the resort now. Uh, was it a Ryu? No. no. Uh, I'm remembering all the other resorts I've stayed <laughs> at right now and not that one. <laughs> That's all right. It's not yeah. that important. I was just curious if it was the Ryu cause we stayed at that new Ryu that was there. Okay. Not new. It's, it's newer. It's definitely one of the newer hotels in the area. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. And yeah. I met, believe it or not. So we're, listen to this. You'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. So we're at, you know, swim like there's only one pool that has a swim bar okay. at this re- this particular resort it's kind of a smallish Rio resort actually mm-hmm. but there's a small smaller pool there's like a couple of big like family size ones and then a small one that has swim up swim bar and that's where we posted up because I love the swim bar like I love being able to just cool off take a dip while I'm going on my way to get a drink you yeah. know or hanging out in there talking to people whatever and so that's what I did I go to the swim bar my wife's sitting there she's got her nose in a book just like I was just saying I go to the swim bar and there's a guy there and he's got this this big um, handlebar mustache that curls up on the ends. And he's a nice. young guy, like way younger than me, like okay. a, probably at least six or seven years younger than me. Okay. And he's got this big, but I, and I can tell he's young. He's with his girlfriend, wife, I'm not sure at that time. And, you know, I go up and uh, and I don't, I don't really smoke, but I do uh, sometimes like bum the odd one, and especially when we're on vacation. So I go up to this... Uh, this guy and, and that was my icebreaker and they were having they were smoking a cigarette at the smoke bar and I ordered a drink and I'm kind of looking at him he's covered in tattoos he's got a Jim Carrey ta- face tattooed on oh, his yeah. forearm nice just looked like the coolest guy yeah so I say to him hey man um, mind if I mind if I bum a smoke there he says yeah no problem we start talking where are you from oh I'm from Calgary blah 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 and then I say uh, that's cool yeah you met any other people like you've been down here oh yeah we met this other couple from New York and they're really cool they come over they finally come down to the pool it's like mid morning they come down and I'm I'm talking to this guy the whole time and his girlfriend, and then they call over the New York people. We start talking to these New York people and finding out where they're from, and they're asking us where we are, where we're from in Canada, and and all that stuff. And then they, we, for some reason, we start talking about sports. And I go, yeah, I've never really been like a sports guy. Like I've I'm into like snowboarding and mountain biking and like rollerblading, but not like fitness blading, like not rec skating, like I like tricks. Like think about skateboarding, but on skates. Yeah. And the guy goes, and his face goes completely blank, this guy from New York. He goes, what do you mean? And I go, you know, like like aggressive inline skating. He goes, no way. And I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, I do that too. Really? And like of all the people in all of Mexico, like in all the resorts we could have stayed in, we stayed at that one. I met the guy that had met him the day before. And like, t- t- tell me that like fate isn't real. Like, no you know kidding. what I mean? Something drew us together. It was yeah. so weird. Yeah. And I think John Craig was telling me that he met a guy in Jamaica just by happenstance that was no from kidding. like the States too, or something that would, that's a skater. It's yeah. just amazing. How this it's happens. funny that you say that I was down in Florida, skydiving in January. I was well, I think. And, yeah. um, one of the guys I met down there skydiving, he was also a rollerblader. So that was fascinating. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it, there's so few people that do it. How are we bumping into these people? No kidding. It's I almost know. like a, like a, like a, like a draw. Yeah. You know, like people are like, and then 
and I get it. Like you're going to meet people in other action sports that are into different action sports. Sure. But to just run into them randomly, like like I did, like in Mexico, like that was the, the weirdest thing for me. It blew my mind. Yeah. You know, and not to mention I'd already had like a few rums and like it just it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, of all the resorts, of all the people I could talk to, you're I run into the one rollerblader. There can't be another rollerblader in Cancun right now unless yeah. they're from Cancun. Yeah. Now you did know? you go through like the process of like testing to see their knowledge of the sport? Like like yeah, what's we your talked. favorite grind? We saw like that. Do you know the like do you know names of the grinds? Well and stuff? I knew right away that he was <laughs> legit when he yeah. told me that he had USD Thrones. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely. like, I've been doing it since I was like real young. He's like, and I still have my original USD Thrones. There you go. And I was like, I was like, yeah, this guy, because I had my USD shirt on yeah. the, what, the day before. Okay. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh man, if I would have saw you, that would have blown my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of, it's like throwing up a flag, you know yeah, what I mean? It's totally. like going to jail and taking off your shirt and showing your gang tats. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> not, not quite. It's yeah. not quite that uh, hardcore. But I just couldn't believe that I ran into that guy. It was just, oh God, it just, it, it still to this day freaks me out. It gave me like chills on the way home. I was on the plane home thinking about it. And I, huh. I had to turn to Allison and say to her, can you believe that crap of all the people of all the people in all the resorts? We stayed at the same one and we ran it. They could have been at the other pool. Yeah. They could have been off doing their own thing and could have never met them. And we just happened to straight up conversation and there's, we're both rollerbladers. Like yeah. how weird is that? You know, just That's so strange. It's crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. But it's yeah. Funny how that happens in life. Have you, um, was that your first time in Mexico? Uh, no, I went to, I think uh, two years before that, I went to the Mine Riviera and oh, it was nice. a really nice resort. I remember the resort name of that one is yeah. called uh, Grand Serenus Resort yeah, and Spa. Yeah, yeah. This place was amazing. It oh, was like f- five star. It had like a lazy river that went around the whole place. The beach was amazing. Food was the best. Really good ent- entertainment. Yeah. And uh, I guess I still remember the name of the guy. The, with the entertainment guy that does all the games by the pools and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was like uh, Mario. Those are the funnest Mendoza guys. Mendoza Espinosa. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Mendoza Espinosa. Yeah. You can't get more Mexican no, than that No, exactly. Name. He was awesome. And we just played a crap ton of uh, tequila volleyball the whole time. It was how, great. How close were you to the ruins? Um, Not far, actually. That's, I think it was, uh, That's Chinchin Itza there, right? Yep. Did yep. you go? Yeah, we did. Yep, yeah. we were there. Actually, was it Chichen Itza? We went to some ruins. In There's a couple different Tulum. ones. We yeah, yeah. We didn't go to the, the pyramid one. Is that Chichen Itza? That's Chichen Itza. Yeah, so we didn't go to yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, we were at some other ruins near the ocean, like right up next mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a big temple looking yeah. thing. Um, and we did the cenotes too, yeah. snorkeling in there. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Man, zip lining into the. I have the wanted. To, I have wanted yeah. to go to those ruins. Like when we were in Cancun, we could have gone to, or no, Chichen Itza. You can go to from Cancun. So maybe that's not the one in the Mayan Riviera. You can go to there from there as well. Okay, like I remember so the, there's, it's just longer. Cause it's longer because like Mayan Riviera hours. is only like a, more south than yeah. Cancun. So yeah, because the the trip from our resort to that um, ruin was I think four hours by bus, and I was like, God, do I ever want to see that? But I don't want to lose a whole day. Yeah, going on the <clears> bus to like and like it, you know like I'd rather go to the Mayan Riviera where it's close mm-hmm. and then you can just zip over there. Exactly. And like when you were there. Um, was it all roped off? Did they have the ropes off around the ruins or could you still go right up to them? I believe they had them roped off. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're getting like that. And that's, it's kind of ruining it. Cause there, there used to be like the experience of going right up and touching that mm-hmm. and even climbing it. But the problem was you get so many of these tourists climbing it and it started to erode it. So they had to now rope it off. But chin, like Chinchin Itza, Chinchin Itza is a real cool one. Cause there's actually like, um, there's a chamber inside and they used to give tours inside hmm. and there's a, it's almost like it's a chamber that's got this altar and this like intricately carved 
um, animal shape. They don't quite know what it is, but it's it kind of looks like a bit of bit of like an alligator head. It's like an elongated head, but then the body of kind of like a a dog or a lion or who knows what, like a big yeah. cat. Yeah. Um, and like you wonder what the hell went on in there. And they used to give tours through there years ago, and then they then they closed that off, and they were only you were allowed to climb it. But then now they've got that roped off, so now you can only see it from like kind of like afar. And it's like, damn it, it's like I missed that portion you know like I, I really i'd really like to touch that thing go yeah. right up to it and feel it because totally. it's been there forever you yeah. know and like those people had like a like a like an intimate knowledge of like stuff that we're just figuring out now yeah you know like the yeah. mayans were really smart people Absolutely. with with the night sky and like really like uh sensitive like what they call the procession of the equinox which is like the the changing of the stars in the night sky like they it, apparently it only changes there's like a wobble that happens every 72 years they knew about that. Hmm. How the hell did they know about that? Two thousand plus years ago. No kidding. Two to f- three thousand years ago, or whatever it was. Like smarter than me, that's for sure. Oh God! I mean, Jeez. it's like that Joe Rogan joke. Like I hate to keep bringing up Joe Rogan, but I like I listen to him a lot. <laughs> no, he's great. But he's got a, like a joke. Like, you know, if I dropped you in the woods with a hatchet, how long till you could send me an email? Yeah, exactly. It, it's totally true. Like exactly. With it's so crazy how much technology's like blossomed just in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like when you hear about the, like it's not surprising that these you know, people back in the Mayan days knew this kind of stuff, but you wonder how they knew it, you know, and the, you wonder how much of that, that knowledge was lost when their, their civilization died off yeah. and how much didn't get passed on, how much further we could be, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it, stuff blows your mind. And that's why I really want to get to those ruins, Absolutely. but I just haven't, I haven't had a chance. Well, I you tell know? you, if you're interested in ruins, go check out the Mediterranean area, like where we did our, honeymoon. Oh yeah, I'll bet. Man, the ruins there, like, um, where was the best place? Turkey. When we were yep. in Ephesus, Turkey, yep. the ruins there were insane. Mm-hmm. Like a whole town still there. Is that, um, did you see, uh, oh God, I'm trying to think of, uh, whatever. I don't mean to interrupt your story. I'll That's think right. of it. I'll think of the name. But uh, close to there too, there was, a, there was a place where they think the uh, Virgin Mary actually died and it was like her, no way. her house up in this place. It was a very religious place, very quiet and stuff, but this place was like fully intact for the most part, and we were able to actually go in there. You could do a little like prayer if you wanted to and light a candle yeah. and, and do all this stuff, and we went in there. It was really cool, really cool, and they think she was probably buried under there, um, and they've been speculating about excavating it and, and finding out if she actually is or not, but wow. according to some certain stories from way back when, that's where she's buried. That's pretty interesting. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you got to see all that. Yeah. There's there's a specific one. Oh, it's Gobekli Tepe. Have you heard of that one? No. That's in Turkey. And they're like, they've excavated, they say, about like 10% of it. It's this enormous, basically purposely buried city. Huh. Because they're finding that like the, the the rubble that it's buried in is not native to that particular area. Oh. So it was brought there and, and buried. And they're finding these like giant like... um um. Uh, megalithic like not altars but they're like basically like it almost looks like Stonehenge okay. like two big vertical stones with another giant stone on top right and they're dating the, the what they can date from there because they can't date stone so they don't actually know how old it actually is mm-hmm. but they're dating like the, the soil that they can and it's like 12,000 years old and it's like how the hell did they build that 12,000 years ago no kidding you know? and that's something I really like to see too but like how how safe did you feel when you were in Turkey? Because Turkey's a bit of a like tumultuous area. Yeah, you know? at that point it was. Yeah, but we were we were pretty close to that, that's mostly in like Istanbul area, I believe. Yeah, um, but we were pretty close to the coast, and it was totally fine. Yeah, no you issues. felt good. Yeah, 
there was no issues at all. Totally normal. I know. You hear about these places and you think, like, like even like Egypt, yeah. you know, like, God, would I ever love to see the pyramids oh, in person? Me too. Me you too. know? And, but like, then you hear it's just, it's so, I don't want to say unsafe, but it's uncertain. Right. Like, at any given time, something could go wrong. You just don't know where. But you know what? That's everywhere in the exactly. world. Exactly. That could happen right here I in know. this neighborhood. You don't know, know who's living across the street from you. You're absolutely they could be right. Building a bomb right now. You're I'm absolutely sure not, right. But, you know, <laughs> let's hope they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you never know. Think now, yeah. You never know. No, I know. I did. And you know what? It's, it's like you said, it's like, it's that mindset that you have to have. Like, you have to live. Yeah. You know, and if you, and if you're not going to live, what's the point of being alive? Exactly. And I, you know, I want to take these trips, but then, like, you just hear so many, and I don't say, why don't I say so many horror stories? Because you don't. The amount of people that travel in and out of that country or those countries every day and nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like they're they're safe. And yeah. you see shows like Amazing Race where they're going all these places and it looks amazing. Like yeah. I know a girl that um, went to high school with a girl that now lives permanently in Thailand. And when I was a kid growing up, um, I knew people from Thailand because my mother's, my mom's side of the family, like one of her nieces married a guy that was from Thailand. And I remember hearing things about Thailand that made me never want to go to Thailand. Mm -hmm. But he was only telling me the awful stuff that he got away from, not the good stuff about Thailand. Thailand is an amazing place and it's friggin' beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, like even just, even if you went to a resort there, it's beautiful. Yep. You know, so tropical. So like, just like visually like inspiring on those coastlines. Yep. And, but all I have in my head now is this image of what this guy told me when I was seven years old mm-hmm. about how awful the place was uh, you know and y- you have to get over that stuff so you can get over these fears and you gotta and go travel. find out for yourself exactly yeah. yeah don't take someone else's word for it no i know i gotta do more traveling if i if i get i i'm hopefully gonna have a you know some money coming to me in some way very soon and if that happens i need to do some traveling you know before i get roped into like another serious job like i had pretty serious responsibility for about you know five years the last five years of my life yep. and like I've just had enough of that. I would love to just travel. I would love to pack up and it's hard with the dog. Like, yeah, I love sure. my dog. I don't want to be away from him for six months, but I would love to pack up for six months and travel yeah. and go all through Europe and see all that stuff. My family's originally from Portugal. I've only been back once. Yep. I, I wasn't born there. I was born here, but my parents took me back there um, to the islands where they grew up mm-hmm. um, or at least one of them. And then another one where we had family, like when I was like eight years old. And you don't experience it the same when you're eight years old as you do when, no. you know, they when you're an adult. Appreciation. Exactly. Yeah. When I was there, all I could think was I wanted to get back home, yep. you know, and back to my friends and back to Nintendo and whatever. Totally. And now, like, to see the Azores now would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, those are, that's some of the most beautiful places in the world. Madeira, that island of Madeira has, like, world-class mountain biking. Oh, yeah. And, I like, I follow, like, a there's a page on Instagram, um, and... They like, they ride the coast and it's like, literally it's like a cliff and you're, it looks a lot closer in the pictures than it is. You're probably 20 feet in, Mm -hmm. but it's like a sheer cliff down into the ocean and you're riding these world-class, beautiful cut trails along the coastline. Nice. It's just, you know, it's the kind of thing like it's, it's once in a lifetime, you know? Totally. So. Hey, you're never going to regret traveling. That's for sure. No. And you, and you get your money's worth. Yeah. absolutely. You know, like we haven't been on a trip. We've, we've been to Mexico twice. We went to, um. For our honeymoon, we went to uh, Los Cabos, okay. Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, mm. semi-arid desert. There was no rain. It rains two days a year there. It's nice. hot as hell. The resort is beautiful. There's a beautiful marina there, which we didn't go to because we were just... the. I mean, I'm sure you know, just being recently married, all the stuff leading up to the wedding is such a whirlwind. And oh, like, yeah. The day comes and goes so fast. Mm-hmm. So we just put our feet up. But 
that is a beautiful area of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Cancun, which is like, they call it, you know, party city, but that was nice too. Like, Oh, it was still nice. Yeah. Totally. You, you never, you never lose money like traveling. It's, it's never, you never have a regret. You never come back saying, Oh God, I spent all that money doing that. Hey, never. Now you know, now you know what it's like. It's great. You, you're, you're always going to take those experiences with you. So. Yeah. 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 I've been to some crazy places too. I went to India with crazy crew. You uh, did. I went to India. To I didn't M- know that. To Mumbai. Yeah. That oh, was wow. three years ago. Yeah. That was, that was a, quite an experience. I'll tell I was going to say, what is that like? It was uh, very busy and smelly. Yeah. yeah. Smelly is very what I hear. Smelly, yeah. I didn't want to bring that up, but that's the first thing I hear when you get off the plane in India, like that yep. smell. You of like, notice. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're like right in the downtown area. Yeah. It's like, it's a mix of like sewage and curry yeah. and uh, man, it's just hot and it yeah, makes just, it worse. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's uh, and there's a lot of, um, there's like a real mix of classes of people. I was just going to ask one. that. And so you have like a really nice ritzy place and then you have like a slum right, right beside it. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to the bathroom on the street and Jeez. all this stuff. And the traffic was insane. That was probably one of the biggest shocks is like how busy the roads are. You're yeah. literally constantly within an inch or two of everyone else's car at any given time. Like, and everyone's just honking all the time and you have a little, um, tuck, they call them tuck tucks. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, you like know a little motorcycle in the front, yeah. but it's like a two wheel in the back. Yeah, exactly. With like the covered. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you have those everywhere and people are bumping into each other and, uh, you know, Lots of poverty too, like you said, like yeah. mixing a class. You see oh, that yeah. a lot. Oh yeah, Man. tons, tons. That's so tough too, eh? Yep. And there's so, so many people. What do you yeah, do? I know. And like they had us in like a really nice hotel. It was like a Marriott there. Yeah. But but then the security has to be so high for this thing because right. of the different classes, right? So yeah, they yeah. have the big walls and gates around it and stuff. And yeah. Even to the ocean, they had to have a gate for that because people walking along the shore, they don't want come to come the beach in. And so come in. it's like a, a guard right at this right at the gate, making sure you're part of the hotel if you want to go go back in kind of thing wow so yeah it was it was pretty crazy yeah india is like uh, you know i hate to say it like i never i never want to say i don't want to see any country but that is definitely one of the places i have no real desire to go to because just because of that is what i hear is that the smell is so overwhelming until yeah. you get used to it. And apparently you get used to it if you're there for a few a few days or a week or whatever. Yeah. You kind of get used to it. But And the food is, um, it all tastes, I mean, to me, like I'm picky with food. Like yeah. it's hard for me to to like Indian food. Well, especially when you're trying to eat clean because a lot of Indian yeah. food is really rich too, right? Yeah. And everything, like it's, I mean, there's like Americanized places there like KFC or whatever. There like, is in there India? Is. Sure there is. Yeah, absolutely. There's Starbucks. There's Cinnabon. There's like, a, yeah, everywhere. Starbucks I can see, but KFC in India there's seems a KFC, crazy. But they Indianize it. They oh, put okay. curry on it. There's McDonald's too. Gotcha. Domino's even. Yeah. Um, but nothing was the same as here. It's like, yeah. it looks kind of the same. <laughs> But it doesn't taste the same. The branding looks the same, but oh, the food man. is different. The worst was the one day they brought us Domino's and yeah. there was no like tomato sauce on it. They replaced it with like a mayonnaise and it was oh. like the grossest thing I've ever eaten. And I got pretty sick soon after that. I can imagine. Probably because it was sitting out in the hot Indian sun for a while, but I didn't feel very good that night. They put mayonnaise on pizza? It was disgusting. Or some creamy sauce that tastes oh. like mayonnaise. It was so gross. And every time I think about India, India, I think about that. India is not a place where you want to have mayonnaise sitting out. No. Any kind of length of time. No, 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 no. Oh, oh man. It's not a place you want to be sick either because like the no. smell this doesn't help the situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely not 
I definitely don't want to go there. Yeah, I remember like I was I was pretty sick. I caught some parasite or something on the way back yeah. from some food that I oh, ate because yeah. they probably in, in that pizza or whatever they probably they cooked it with their water there yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, on the way back on the sixteen hour flight back, is that how long the flight is? Yeah, so it was it was an hour and a half from here to New York. It was, mm-hmm. Sorry, it was Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was sixteen <laughs> hours from there to Mumbai. And that was a long flight, man. And that's nonstop? Nonstop. How the hell do they fly one of those friggin' things that far? I don't know how there's stopping? that much fuel for that. That's crazy. I mean, the, they hold it in the wings, but like, I mean, like, it's hard to believe that it can hold that no much. No kidding. How, um, what are they, like, what were your accommodations like on the plane? Like, just regular? Regular plane. Yeah. And I think I had a middle seat too, which Oof. was very fun. So I was getting up and walking around a lot as much as I could. Slept yeah, as much as to. I could. Watched a movie or th- five yeah what <laughs> yeah. else is there to do exactly there's nothing else to do so and then you were there with part of the crazy crew but who who brought you there like for one of those shows it was actually it kind of stemmed from canada's got talent okay um so the guys who ran that who run the whole got talent franchise mm-hmm. they brought all of the best got talent acts from around the world to do a show for their new year's eve festival there and uh, so it was like a one live big show on a stage mm-hmm and there were thousands of people there. It was great. And it was all televised and everything. And, uh, but it was only for like one 10 minute show for us, but we were there for a whole week cause we had to be there yep. to build our ramps and to, right. to all of the specifications and rehearse what we were doing. Cause yep. we made up the show on the fly, like the night before mm-hmm. because none of the ramps were done. So we, we were kind Kinda of like, just had to go with what you had. I remember we, since the ramps weren't getting done, because they were supposed, the Indians, they were supposed to build them. They were mm-hmm. supposed to give them the plans and they were supposed to build everything. Mm-hmm. And they eventually did, but not until the last day before the show. So <laughs> we we couldn't ride anything. They didn't you have skate practice. parks there. Yeah. So we had to just, we honestly, I mean, we're good enough skill wise that we could kind of figure out, okay, like this is what we're going to do kind of thing. I remember sitting there at like midnight, writing all the choreography on my phone and my notes. <laughs> And then we, I would talk it out with the guys. We set up chairs on the grass. So like one line of chairs would be one quarter pipe, the other line, the other quarter pipe. And then the middle, it would be the jump. So box. you could just sort of visualize we, it. We walked it out literally oh what we God. were doing. We walked to the chair we, and we were talking everything out. Like, okay. I'm going to come to the box. I'm going to do a 360, and then you're going to come here and do this. We talked it out and that's how and we, you just kind of memorize it as you go. Exactly. And then you just have to perform on the day of with the ramps that are there. Yeah. The, the earlier in the day before the show, we ended up getting a couple times to, to yeah. rehearse it. Yeah. But it was so hot that day and I got heat stroke and I ended oh, up having, I bet. I, I had the worst headache when we had to perform that night. Like I barely got through it. Oh, I'll bet. It was the worst. My headache was just like so pounding and it gets I to a point it. where like you've got that. I, and I know what that feels like. Like you're so hot, overheated that it's like, no matter what you do, you feel like you can't get it back. No, nope, you can exactly. drink water. You can take a cool shower. It just, it doesn't come back. The only thing that fixes it is like time. Yep. I need to sleep. Your body, yeah. But I couldn't have it until after the show that night. And I had to wait for a bus after the show to get back to the hotel oh, and everyone. God. Everyone was going out afterwards and they were trying to get me to go with them. Like, no, No. I just can't. Like, I just had to go to bed, have a cold, have a nice cold shower, go to bed. And I was better in the morning, but that was a rough day. I remember. (laughs) Is that crew like, are they younger than you? Some of those people? Uh, Or or like the majority of them? Or like, what's the age range like? Oh man. Like the, the owner of the team, he's probably like 34, 35 now. Mm -hmm. And he's a BMXer. And, uh, so he's the one that put it together essentially. Like, well, there's like kind of, there's a guy named Patrick Chenier. He's the kind of guy who put it together and he's, he's probably almost 40 now. Mm-hmm. And 
he actually he ended, he ended up coming, but he doesn't ride in the show or anything anymore. He used to do like a lot of like Flatland BMX and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and then there's another guy, Ben Kaufman, who's a little bit younger, who took it over, and he's he's a really good BMXer. He um, he can do you know the flip whips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, so he kind of took it over. He built the ramps that we used lo- for local shows now. Okay. It's a big trailer quarter pipe with a box jump that that kind of pieces apart and goes in you there. You just tow it to all the different events. Exactly. Yeah. So what did you do for India? Like you had to transport all that stuff over there? No. So for the international shows, we literally just go and we put in the budget for our show to, uh, for all the materials and oh, the, uh, see. And the building. And we just, we literally just build it from scratch. Do you guys build it? The team builds it? We build it. Wow. Yeah. So you guys aren't just performing. You're actually like doing all the carpentry work yep, too. Exactly. In India, we didn't have to cause they had guys building everything. Right. But, uh, yeah, in most cases, we're building the ramps, yeah. You say international shows. Where else is that crew taking you? Saudi Arabia. That was pretty cool, too. Wow. Yep. And that was, that was right when I got into it, actually. It was funny. I was at the auditorium one day, mm-hmm. and one of the other... There was three owners of this team, mm-hmm. and one of them happened to live in Kitchener at the time. His name was John Heaton. Okay. Really good BM, uh, BMXer. I think he was an X Games champion at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, he invented the backflip to manual move actually. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, he saw me at the skate park skating and they needed a rollerblader for the show. And so he asked like, Hey, like you interested in doing shows? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then a week later, I think I was in New Brunswick, St. John, New Brunswick doing shows. And then a week, a after, week later. Yeah. A week later. And a week after that, uh, I was in Saudi Arabia. So it was like very soon Holy after cow. I joined with them. And so my parents were like, what the heck? Like, man, this opportunity is crazy. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's like, how crazy is that? Both like getting this, doing stunt work and then I like, know. being on the crew. We're both from the, just being at that skate park at the right time. Right place, right time. And it was always from skate parks. It's always <laughs> like, yeah, like good <laughs> things happen at the skate park. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I, I was just there today and every, almost every time I go there, yeah. so much has happened there that I think about it. Like I just sit on the top of the quarter pipe, just looking around and I'm like, I'm like, man, like everything that I have in my life is like from this place. Like yeah. it's crazy. You know what? It's sometimes it's weird how stuff like that works out. Like it's right place, right time. Like yep. imagine if I, you know, I'm always the what if guy. Imagine if you had not been there that day when that, you know, for that stunts, like that, that guy what? whose dad is a stunt coordinator, or was it this, sorry, is this a dad now? I can't remember what he said now. So yeah, my friend's dad, yeah. My friend's dad was a stunt coordinator. Yeah. So if you hadn't met that guy that day, you might've finished your marketing. Did you finish your marketing degree? I didn't yeah, I finished yeah. it. Yep. You could have been in marketing right now. Could have been. And not been doing this lifestyle, not living this way, which yeah. is, I can't picture you behind a desk. I would have wanted to shoot myself. You know? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't imagine you doing that. No. It's just, it's not in your personality no. to and be And it was like way. kind of fun, like getting through school and doing some of the projects and stuff and trying to be on well learning is never bad no it's a, and they're all good skills that yeah. i've used to this point like because yeah. as a performer being self-employed i contract myself out to different productions mm-hmm. i need to market myself as well of course. i got to sell my of own course. skill and, yeah. and i have a, a logo and a brand mm-hmm. and i got to sell that and and those skills that i learned have really helped with yeah. that and i, I really that education stressed the importance of that and it really has worked you got to have something to fall back on too because if this i mean like I was going to ask you that earlier and I, and I forgot, but I just, just jumped back in my mind now. Mm-hmm. What is like the average like career length of a stuntman? Like if somebody wanted to get into this, if somebody was listening to this right now and they're like a young person mm-hmm. and they wanted to get into this, uh, this lifestyle or th- this line of employment, how long realistically do you have? Does it depend on what kind of stunts you're doing? Yes. Um, the really physical stuff. I mean, it depends how you take care of your body and, yeah. and, 
kind of the luck and skill you have with your career. Like mm-hmm. if you end up getting really badly injured, obviously your career is going to be cut short. But right. if you um, if you have a lot of good luck on your side and, and you're a highly skilled performer, then mm-hmm. if you're not getting hurt, that's the main thing. Then you can keep going for quite some time. And there's guys that are doing it that are like 55, 60 years old that are still doing very really? acrobatic stuff. Yep. All the time. And, um, and at that point you can start getting into more like stunt driving stuff. So, Oh the, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So more of the stunt is being is like is on the car as opposed to your body. Right. Right. So you can do that. And, um, yeah, get away from the physical end of it and go more to like, like you said, like driving or whatever, yep, right? Like exactly. even like riding, like they got to look, be looking for motorcycle like riders and totally. stuff like that. And I've done a few motorcycle yeah. things already too. Have you? Nothing crazy, but just even just getting, you know, they, they don't want the actor to, you know, or he doesn't know how to ride a motorcycle yeah, exactly. or whatever. They need a guy to ride it. That looks yeah. like him. Okay. And that's when I've done it kind yeah. of thing. So I was, um, speaking of motorcycle stuff, I know you had, do you still have your DRZ? Uh, it's uh, it's a Yamaha. It's, Is it a Yamaha? Yeah, same sort of deal as a yeah, DRZ. Yeah. yeah. I had a DRZ, but I, I thought for some reason yours was a DRZ too, but it must be a Yamaha that was... It's a WR250X. Okay, that's so what it is. it's similar, just like slightly less So power. did that come already with lights and stuff from the factory or did it have to be modded that I one? actually got a use off Gigi did from you? the guy, yeah. but it, it did have the lights on it yeah. already. Are you yeah. still riding then? Yep, Yeah. all the time. Yeah, I got rid of my DRZ. I, I really miss it because like that was... I had a couple of bikes. I had the DRZ and then I had a CBR 600. Okay. And the DRZ, there was nothing more fun than riding the DRZ. Oh, it's awesome. You can do anything with it. You oh. jump over curbs or whatever. Yeah. Like you just go wherever you want. It's and, awesome. and they're like, the street tires are like, they're, they're slick. They're not knobby. Yeah. So like, it's a bit weird on dirt. Sure. Um, you can apparently take them trail riding, but I wouldn't with those tires. Yeah, they'd I mean, be a little squirrely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Even gravel roads, like I hated riding. Yeah, on it, it gets a little squirrely for sure. I yeah. noticed that too. Do you get out much on the bike though? Like, I guess you would, because your your sort of your schedule sort of varies, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm some days I'm really off random days, like during the week and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a nice day, and I mean, Sam has a part time schedule too, so Does we're both really? dur- home during the week sometimes. Oh wow, it's nice because like in Stratford, traffic's not very busy or anything, and it's yeah. really nice for cruising around on a bike so we go down by the river she hops on the back and uh yeah we we tour around stratford quite a bit and out in the country a little bit too yeah and it's nice to have a partner with you like like i never really got my wife involved because i was new to riding Mm. so i never really got her on the back i I was a little bit timid to take her on and she had never been on a a bike before ever Mm -hmm. uh, as a passenger so i didn't really know how it would go so i kind of avoided it and now i don't even have a license anymore i just let it lapse because i the insurance was so crazy for me for owning, especially like when I went to the CBR, like mm-hmm. it was just that bike was like, they, they expected me to kill myself on it and yep. the insurance reflected that. So I never really got to take her. But the one thing I noticed with riding was a, I wasn't doing it enough. I was finding myself having to like ride either to work, like just to work, right. Um, just to get the mileage in to make it worth having the bike and paying mm-hmm. the insurance. And the other thing was when I did ride, I was riding by myself. I would ride to Alora. Yeah. Um, and grab a coffee and ride back. Like, yeah. And I just got bored of it, you know? Yeah. Just, and now my dad's got like three different bikes and he keeps telling me like, go get your license again and we'll go for rides. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, man, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but you need a partner like that or you need someone that will go with you. Otherwise totally. it just becomes a boring endeavor and yep. by yourself. Yeah, right? It's going to get some friends and, yeah. you know, ride together and. Have some fun. Yeah. Nowadays with the internet too, it makes it so much easier. There's like riding clubs you can join. Like, I mean, I'm talking maybe back five years ago, four years ago, the last time I had my bike, there was like the internet obviously was around back then, but I wasn't having such luck finding groups. Right. But now like what I've realized is that Facebook has groups for everything. Yep. Like you can find groups just in Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, I was Googling and I found like sport riders association of 
I don't know if it was Southern Ontario or water Kitchener water. I can't remember what it was, but I never got hooked up with them. Um, because it was right near the end of when I was thinking about selling my bike, which is what I did. Yep. But, uh, looking back on it, all you have to do is punch anything into Facebook, into the search, you'll find a group for anything, mm-hmm. you know? Like even skating, like how many different skating groups are there for rollerblading? Oh, tons, yeah. tons. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's it's insane. the The community is so small globally, yet you can find each other on these like, on these pages all yeah. over Facebook. It's mm-hmm. insane. You yeah, know? it's great. So it's a way of the future. Oh, it's there's no better. There's yeah. nothing better. Yeah. Um, listen, man, are you? Do you have more time, or do you want to get out of here? It's up to you. We we're at almost at two now. hours now. It's eight thirty now. Eight thirty now. Yeah, uh, a little bit more time if you want. If you have more. Yeah, man. I, listen, I could talk to you all night about this kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I just I know you were a bit time crunched. I didn't want to hold you up. Yeah, let's if, say another like ten minutes or so. Yeah, that's yeah. that's no problem. And whenever you want to get going, we'll cool. just we'll shut it down. But, right. um, but yeah, like uh, even like I was just gonna talk about skating a little bit again. Like, how you've been hanging out with like Evan and those guys recently? Yeah, all the time. I got to get out more with you guys because I haven't been again. My knee's been holding me back. Mm-hmm. And what really used to hold me back with coming to meet you guys is you skate at night. Right. Places where there's lights. And I always had a job where I had to get up at like six in the morning. Right. And now that's over. And now my knee is sort of healing up. So I should be able to get out there more with you guys now. And I really want to check out like that Fisher Hallman Park. Yep. That's fine. Um, there's lights there too. Yeah. And these new skate parks they're building, they're, they're so, um, friendly to all skill levels. Yeah. Like there's something for everyone mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the McLennan one in Kitchener there, it's, it's almost intimidating if you're not, you know, if you don't have some skill. To yeah. You, they have you know? some weird obstacles. Really there. weird. Yeah. There's like a couple easy ledges ledges and then there's like the crazy Toblerone thing yeah. where like you gotta be pretty good to hit that on anything. I don't see anyone hitting that. Like, no. even, like even skateboarder. I have never, never seen a skateboarder hit it. Yeah. You like know? I can, like I've like Royale up it and like 540 off the yeah. end of it, but that's like the biggest trick that I'll do on yeah. that thing. Well, yeah. it's still, <laughs> it's, it's still, still pretty decent tricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's and fun, uh, and you can wall right on it and stuff. But yeah. and then like the bowl is pretty big too, so yeah. You still have the Seba skates? Yep, I yeah. have. Um, I had the SX ones before, and then now I have the CJ Wells more, okay. but they're like the black edition with the white cuff. No, they're black now. Everything's all, right. all black. Okay. Yeah. So I have the Kaiser Fluid, I don't know, slimline frames, and um, uh, yeah. So like, you know, you know the green ones that CJ Wells yep. more had. It's like that exactly the same, but all black. Yeah. Yeah. They're really hard to find too. I know. I had to go to a, a website in Paris to find them. France, like yeah, it was yeah. all. It was hard to, you know, the, everything was French on the website. Yeah, I know. That's that's the thing with that company. Like it's great, but like there, it's hard to find the stuff here in Canada. Like yeah. even in the states, like I don't see almost anybody in the states getting Seba. That like, you know, unless it's they're true. not posting. But I don't see many of those. Yeah, and know. like ShopTask has been pretty good for carrying Seba stuff yeah. but um, for that particular skate I wanted it so bad I had it in my mind and they couldn't get it for me yeah. otherwise it would have gone right. through them because it's local why would not support them right yeah so but you know and sometimes I, they don't have what you want and I, no. you know I, I can't I don't blame anybody for going where they have to to get what they have to, what they want to get yeah like, you shouldn't buy have be forced to buy local or settle for something just because it is local totally. you know and I'll still get like my frames and my wheels and everything yeah, from yeah. Them. I'm actually going to get some wheels like the next couple of days I got to get some from them mm-hmm. so the um Warren just got the uh uh the plastic sets SX2. Yeah. Yes. Those look cool. They do. And like I've I've been skating like Volo skates now for probably like 3 years now. Mm-hmm. But like if it if it was anything I was ever going to switch to, it would be those. <sighs> they, they look really comfy. Yeah, they're awesome. And like, they flex a lot better than the carbon ones yep. apparently like according to Warren. I don't know cuz I've never mm-hmm. skated them. What are you skating right now? 
Wallow, what am I skating? Yeah. Follows. Follows, okay. Yeah, the Eric Bailey's. Okay. The yeah. black ones. So you skated USD carbons before too, right? Carbon freeze I had. Okay. I never had carbons. Yeah. So I had carbons and they're very similar to the carbon freeze, but. Yeah. Um, the mold looks almost like the same. Yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. Um, and I loved everything about their USDs except for the fact that they're too narrow for my feet. So it just destroys my feet. Mm-hmm. Like it gives me like bunions it's and the stuff. the biggest complaint, <laughs> man. It's the biggest complaint everyone has about those carbon skates. Yeah. They just, they're too rigid and they hurt your feet. Yeah. I couldn't you know? skate for any longer than like an hour. You don't find that with the Sebas even? So Sebas are like the exact same. Actually, they're even better for quality. These things are put together so well. Mm-hmm. Like they're a the nice skate. Yeah. Oh yeah. And cause they're basically like the rollerblade of like Europe. Like yep. it's a nice company. It's a big brand. Yeah, exactly. So they have the money to put behind it. Yeah. Um, but it's, and it's got all the same aesthetics as the USD carbon, which I like, mm-hmm. except they're wider and the yeah, liners the toe are looks actually, a lot lighter. there's lots of padding and they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can wear mine for hours and yeah. I, I'm fine. That's the, the first thing Warren said when he got those, when he got the old SXs, even mm-hmm. though they were carbon, he never had USD carbons. He had carbon freeze, yep. but he said even the comfort from the carbon free to the Seba, even though they were carbon shell they now had like a really like a padded liner yeah and he said that was like the biggest game changer for him yeah they're so yeah. awesome i love them i don't think i'm gonna go to anything else i hope they keep coming out with more they like will that. they will they're, they're, i think they're good sellers yeah you know and like i mean if we're getting them here um in canada like we're like the last to get anything yeah you know so if we're getting them here you got to know they're doing well for sure they're doing well in europe yeah and i, I mean they must be doing well in the States as well. They got to be stateside. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I haven't seen too many people skate them down there. Like I said, f- from all the posts I see, I don't, it's usually not Sebas. Yeah. I it's mean, usually like Volos. In my opinion, or, it's like the best skate on the market right now. Yeah. I, I love it so much. And I've tried a lot of different skates over yeah. the years. Like, and Razors are really good too. I love Razors, but they haven't changed anything forever. It's yeah. like the same skate as like, and they keep bringing back the same classic skates. I've heard feelings with Razors, man. Yeah. And I know they're the same company as like USD and I have a pair of USDs and whatever, but like they're just the fact that they invented that stupid scooter. Oh, <laughs> like I don't even think it was them. I think it's a different company. Was it? I yeah, thought I, the yeah. first one was so, the Razor scooter. I yeah. The Razor, out. but it's Razors. Razors oh. is the company. Yeah. It's, it's actually different. I thought it was the same company. I've no. I've held a grudge with them because no, of that. It's different. <laughs> they're totally different company. But uh, they look like a comfortable skate, though. Like razors have yeah. been, yeah. They they were quite a comfortable skate. They weren't too narrow or anything. No, this haven't changed anything. They never went carbon. They never changed their design overly much. Like it's been the same for a very long time. Yeah. Not that they are nice. They're like they have a nice proven product. Yeah. You know. So the thing I like about the, uh, like you know, like a skinned boot though, like a boot that's got like a a shell underneath of a skin, is that mm-hmm. you can modify that shell if you have a weird foot. Like I have a weird foot. Yeah. So like my like my big toe is like is is long and it gets the thing with the volos is I can cut the toe off mm-hmm. and you still got the skin over. You can't even tell the toe is cut sure. off and you get all that more all that comfort. Yep. Whereas with like my USDs, like if there's a pressure point, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, there's a skin on it, but it's attached to yeah. it. You can't take it off yeah. and modify it. So and that's why the Seb is like, I wish I could try a pair of like size nine on to mm-hmm. see if, cause they, they make them in half sizes, yeah. you know, like in, and or they sort of like, they're like a really weird, like the new ones, like Warren's are, uh, they're actually a smaller size in centimeters. Like, cause it's, it's all European stuff. So yep. they give like the sizes in centimeters. The size 10 is like a half centimeter or a centimeter and a half. I can't exactly remember smaller than the other ones. Okay. So they're just that much more tighter, mm. but, but Warren says that's what they needed. 
they're like that much more like fitted to his foot. Right. You know? Yeah. And because it's not carbon, it's not so rigid that it's like crushing his feet with, yeah. a, with smaller size. I think mine are nine and nine or nine and a half. I have them yeah. in the car if you want to try them. I think they're, oh, yours are nine? Yeah. Or nine, nine, and, nine and, a half. and a half, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that actually. Sure. They're, because uh, like I, I just, if they have the liner that I think they have, like, like Warren just hypes that liner up like yeah. crazy. And uh, I, if they are as comfortable as he says they are, like, I think I'm going to have to try and get a pair because they seem like the best of all worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in the skate, in this industry where you, it's so hard to find comfort and everybody's just struggling and struggling to find the right skate for their foot. Um, it's so refreshing to have a company that's actually pouring like R and D into like what skaters want, which is, which is responsive skates that are comfortable. Yes. Responsive know? is a good word. Yeah. They're very responsive. They're just, the way Warren describes me, he says it's like, it's like wearing shoes. Yeah. Like they're just fitted, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not like wearing a big boat on your feet like we yeah. used to, you know, with TRS and whatever. Yeah. The old days, like the Solomon skates, they were game changers at the time, but yeah, like I, they were I, don't, good skates. I don't know how anyone skates them now, like compared to what, what's out there. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 and I had a pair, I, I sold them, but they were a bit too big for me, but, um, I sold them off and I think Guy Crawford said that like the way he put it to me was it's almost like, uh, like they have no shape to the boot. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, that was how the old skates kind of were. Like you couldn't really tell if you have a left or a right on, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, That's a good uh, point. and nowadays like everything is so just custom fitted. Like even the V13 boot, like the mm-hmm. Volor, like the old Rosas, like the original OG boot, like, yep that is a pretty form fitted boot. And that's the reason why some people can't fit into it in the, in the right size yeah. or they have to toe cut like, like me, for example, because they're really form fitted Yes, and they were designed that way to be responsive. So you could feel, you know, how like even cor- like cornering on like bigger wheels or like even grinding, like everything feels a bit close to the foot mm-hmm. in those skates. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but like there's something to be said for innovation and Seba is definitely like on the, seems like they're on the cutting edge. Yep. And if a guy like you was skating them and like, you know, it's probably the, would you say that's the nicest pair of skates you've ever had? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. And And I've I've probably tried everything. Yeah, I have, I have, I've skated rollerblade, like, um, like the original rollerblade, like swindlers. And like, actually my first pair was a pair of rollerblade canvases, which was like the first soft boot ever made. Really? Yeah. And that was back in the era of swindlers. So we're talking like year 2000 around there. Um, and then I got Solomon, Aaron Feinberg's Mm -hmm. and those were great skates at the time. I love those things. Yeah. Um, those were like the most comfortable. They were the innovative. They they had the things that skaters wanted at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was a solid skate. It had a big shock absorber in there. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, the best one at the time. Yeah. It was it crazy. Was huge. Yeah. It was awesome. Even nowadays, people are looking for those stupid things. Like I they want to buy like intact Solomon shock absorbers. It's like, hey, you're not going to, those things are 15 to almost 20 years old now. Some of those shock absorbers, yep. you know? Yep. Hard to find them. Um, yeah. Razors were good. I had USD Thrones. Same problem with the carbons. Really narrow. Destroyed my feet. Mm-hmm. But they were brand new skates. What am I going to do? So yeah, exactly. I, I ended up having to wear, and I got really bad blisters from them too. Oh, I bet. I, I ended up having to wear these like ankle brace things just so I could like protect my ankles from getting blisters all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was crappy. And that's what I mean. I'm so sick of searching for comfort. Yeah. You know, like I want to put my foot in something and know that I can be on it for a couple of hours at the skate park or whatever and not have to worry about, you know, like my feet hurting or whatever. Yeah. I think even at one point I tried to like dig out the liner where I was getting a blister (laughs) just so it just wouldn't touch my ankle. Oh my God. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, it is. So you shouldn't have to be doing that. No, man. It's like, and I don't know why companies don't try something more innovative. Yeah. You know, like, like I I love all skates. I love the way they look. 
Yeah. Um, I like the way they skate cause I'm used to them now, yep. but God, do I wish they would ever try something a little bit different. Yeah. You know? I had Valos too. I had the, the, I don't know if you remember them, but they were like the cool snake skates yep. way yep. back in the day, the aggressive model yep. ones. Yeah. So and they were good. I liked those for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, then, but then, yeah, after switching to something more responsive like Seba or Seba, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't think I could go back to something a little bigger like that, No. but they are, but they were nice skates and, and I've always liked, and it came from the Rosas frame anyway, from the, yep. from the boot, which I always liked back in the day too, because yeah. I had the Rosas cuties back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Those were awesome skates. Yeah. It's very similar to the like fifth elements, which I always wanted and never had. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Those were, I, I wish Volo would release the fifth elements. Yeah. I think I would have to own a pair of those just for nostalgia's sake. Cause I always wanted a pair mm-hmm. and people say they're heavy in their tanks, but they say that about Volo too. And I don't mind volo skates. Like yeah. I like kind of a solid skate, yeah. heavy feeling skate. And, uh, for, for like my style of skating, like I don't need anything super light. So right. I kind of would like a UFS version of, of the fifth element. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause their sole plate and their frame was all one piece back. Yeah. Then. Which is, which was weird. Yeah. You know, like but I, then again, they're kind of going that direction with the Aeons again. So I don't know. And you know what? <laughs> I don't know anyone that's had, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, I don't know anyone that's had Aeons that's had a good experience, but they're having a so-so experience because they're not, they're not a hundred percent figured out yet. Right. They have issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I just don't like the idea of everything being one piece. Well, you wear one thing out, then you got to replace your whole skate. Yeah. I don't love yeah. that. And, and I like customization. Like part of them, what makes me interested in this sport so much to this day is that you can put whatever frame you want on the skate. You yeah. can change the wheels out. You can, you know, whatever liners, like, you know, integrated liner is not so bad if it's comfy, but having a frame that's permanently attached, if you yeah. decide you don't like that frame anymore yeah, or if you wear I mean, through it, like you said. I mean, I get that you're, you're, you know, decreasing the weight with like no hardware and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I get where you're trying to go. And no more hardware issues. You're not going to strip anything. Any, I, I get it, but yeah. I just, it's not, it's not for me, man. No, you know? me neither. Yeah. So. Yeah. Listen, man, we just did two hours, almost two hours and 10 minutes. That went by quick. I know it did. That's why I wanted you to come early. Yeah. That's why I was like no, pushing you to get you here early. Cause I, <laughs> I, in this world, like, like I said, the, the test ones that I did just went so fast. So yep. I'm glad you come down here, man. I think this is a good place to, to end this thing. You got to get going anyway. You've got a ball game to get to. And I want to try those skates before you go. Now, Absolutely. That, now that we've been talking about it. Yeah. So, um, Let's end it right now. I just want to say thanks again for being here. All right. Thanks um, for having it me. It was a great, great conversation. If you ever want to do this again, I'd love to have you down. Absolutely. Thanks I'd a lot, it. man. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. All right, thanks. All right.